The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the intermediate line, the number one fly fishing podcast on iTunes, probably. My name is Fisher Crunt and I'm a long-time listener, one-time guest, episode 84. Great episode, check it out. Now before we start the show, a short public service announcement. If you drive a jet ski, get fucked. You don't get to listen to this, switch it off now and go fuck yourself. And now, over to your hosts, Chris, How Good Is D Here Adams, and Volti, Voltron, Voltar. This show is brought to you by Beast Brushes, specialised fly tying materials, manufactured and processed right here in Australia. Real experience, real advice, to maximise your valuable time on the water and the vice. Do you want to be the one to lift the show off tonight, mate? Lift it off. Yeah, sure, mate. Sure, mate. Just take the controls. Right, Let listeners. the clutch out slowly, bro. Oh, you're going to do that, are you? Will you talk over the top? Is that going Did to I do that? Yeah. I think there might oh. be something wrong with my, my headphones here, man. Hang on a sec. Hang on. That's better. So, did I talk over the top of you, did I? Yeah, the first time you did. Yeah. All right, man. Oh. I apologize. I, I won't ever do that again. Okay, that's good. Okay, is that cool? Yeah, all right. You ready for lift off this time? Yep. Okay, listeners, welcome (laughs) back to the Intermediate Line with your hosts, Chris and Voltsy. That's me. Hey, Voltz, how are you? Good, thanks, Chris. What's news, pal? I haven't spoken to you since last week. That's the truth. (laughs) Truth. That's such the truth. Total truth, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Lots has been going on since I saw you last, mate. Um, Yeah. Not really. A little bit. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a funny story. So today we got um, got some got some uh, extra long peacock hurl in the shop. The shop. So I found, a, found ourselves um, at, at home there. My wife was at home today and we were designing, the, well, trying to think of a name for it to give it a marketable name um, on the shop today. <laughs> and it ended up being quite a funny thing because she's like, what are you going to call it? I'm like, in a hurry. I don't know, like some big mega hurl. She's like, Mega Hurl? What? And I'm like, like, what's wrong with Mega Hurl? But, um, so I didn't really sit too bad. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, man. I don't know. Like, um, what about, uh, I don't know, Mega Cock or something like that, you know? And I'm like, 
Oh, and I realized what I said as I said it, you know, trying to sort of make it sound remarkable and stuff like that. You can't, you can't call it that, Volts. It doesn't, it doesn't market well when you've got a product out there that you're selling called Mega, mega Cock or Mega Hurl, you know? <laughs> you got to, you got to stick with, you got to stick with the generic name. And I'm guessing this is why there's no creative names for Peacock elsewhere in the world. It's Peacock. Right. It's Peacock. What, what separates called Large Peacock Hurl. That's what yeah. you call it. What makes this Mega Hurl or, or Mega Cock so mega? The length? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry, there's no other way. I mean, I realize how that sounds when you when you when you when you phrase it that way, when you prelude the uh, conversation with those uh, titles. Yep. But that's what it is, you know, like the stuff goes out to about 16 inches long. It's massive. It's a wow. freak show just to see. It's pretty cool. Wow. That's pretty impressive, mate. And is it a, um, a large hank, is it? Does it come in a large bu- bundle? Yes, it does come in a large bundle. Thank you, Jeff. Um, I like the way you, you turn this into an infomercial. Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. The, the sponsors really appreciate the uh, the way you do this. It's great. Yeah. But yeah, it does. comes in a very generous, very generous bundle. I would say it would take me a long time, personally, even as a commercial tire, to get through that one, um, that one bag, the way they sell it. So it was, um, it's pretty cool. I like having that original stuff in. It took a little while to source that shit, but uh, it's here now, and it's here wow. for you. Well, that's excellent, man. That is mm. really cool. I'm, I'm stoked. And um, you mentioned the shop. Is that shop Beast Brushes? Yeah, certainly is oh uh, while we're on the subject of sponsors mate i should point out to people that i got a lot of messages through the week of people saying can't wait to to check out your subscription on youtube thanks can't wait blah 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 and i had to go backwards and say well actually it's not going to be a subscription and it's not going to be on youtube but you can you can find it on my website you can stream it from there so correction Felt a bit of a housekeeping in order there. Had to do a bit of correction at the beginning of the show there. Get it out of the way. You know what? I, I was one of those people who thought it was a subscription. I don't know what whether it was from what you said or or how it was worded or, or it was just an assumption that I made. So you're telling me it's just a pay for one, you know, one video. One-off payment yeah, so one per video. Yeah. I just don't – I was going to do a subscription and, and commit to two videos a month, which uh-huh. is doesn't sound like much, but it, it is. That's for sure. So, you know, some people would probably not want to pay a subscription or may only just want to see one video or something like that, and that's cool. So, yeah, yeah. I decided to just um, just distri- like pay. You can pay for streaming access for lessons, and I think lessons are the best way to describe that because of how much detail they go into. I really think there's a lot of value for, for 10 bucks, that's for sure. But um, a lot of people have been asking me to, to charge more. I realize how that sounds. As it, it sounds like an ad, and they're getting more than what you pay for. But it's up to you to see the value in it. Um, you know, you can go and see a lot of free videos if you want. I know I'm competing with free videos, so I try to provide something that you can't get for free elsewhere. And um, oh, it's up to you to see the value in it. Well, yeah, yep. Yeah, look, I think ten bucks is cheaper than one packet of your brushes. So you know, if it if it saves you that many brushes just to do things right. That's a good um, point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Did I do see yeah. a lot of people buy the brushes and give them a go and you want to help them out. It's really hard to communicate game changes in text, um, yeah. particularly how to get them to swim. And as much as we've talked about the hydrodynamics on this show to the point where it's been a, um, 
you know, it could probably be a shirt for the enemy line. Yeah, you know, that phrase. You know, follow the beef or follow the hydrodynamics. I don't know, but one of the, we'll work something out. Um, <laughs> or maybe the enemy line. Get your mega cock, you know, or something. <laughs> I think I think that's a beast brush special, man. Yeah. yeah, fair enough, mate. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, that's so that's that's what's going on. So I apologise for the confusion, guys. I did notice there was a lot of new, <laughs> a lot of new subscribers to my YouTube channel, probably looking for snippets of content. But um, unfortunately, mm. you won't find it there. But, um, yeah, yeah. If they went looking for beef. They didn't find it. Yeah, yeah. It was the the yeah. butcher was closed. The butcher was closed. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what else has been happening, May? I believe you have a, uh, a, a um, an important announcement to make. Yeah, I sure do, and I'm glad you brought that up. This is a bit of a PSA, public service announcement, on behalf of um, uh, one of our good mates here at the Intermediate Line, that being Josh Radloff. Um, now, Josh is a hell of a nice guy. He's a great sport. He puts up with a lot of our shit. In fact, we, we hang shit on him directly, you know, pretty regularly, some weeks. Um and the good news is he has opened himself up to everybody doing this. So um, with with that in mind, he's he's actually participating in Movember, which is a great, um, great initiative for raising funds and awareness for men's health. Um, and there's some really important messages surrounding that. I'm, I'm not going to dilute them through a, a poor explanation of them other than to say um, if you can find Josh either on Facebook or on um on uh, Instagram, um, there'll be a link in his bio on on Instagram to uh, to his Movember campaign, and um, yeah, you can uh, you can you can donate some money and hang shit on him in there. So um, yeah, he's uh, he said to me today, listen guys, um, or listen Volts, he's uh, he's happy for um, for people just to have a, a, a laugh at his expense. He's he's grown a pretty seedy mo. Look, to be fair. Josh is, um, uh, you know, he's uh, he's comfortable with with his looks, um, and uh, uh, he's grown a mo. He, which, he probably shouldn't be though, right? Yeah, look, that's yeah. Look, that's debatable. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think he had a positive comment about his appearance once from Stevie Wonder, but that was it. And, it's amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so yeah, Josh is growing. A, Growing a, a mo to, to fix up his melon, so yeah. 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 Did Stevie wanted to just call to tell him he looked amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he said, "Isn't he lovely?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, like I think this, this is a great thing. It's a great cause. Obviously, men's health is important. It's it's um great that the awareness has been getting raised over the um last few years that the Movember campaign's been going on. But for guys like Josh, it's it's a double-edged sword. Obviously, he gets to um, gets to promote men's health and make awareness available within the community. Mm-hmm. But you know, like it, it changes him. I mean, I think it's fair enough to say that that there have been people in this show that have displayed very aggressive heads. Josh, <laughs> Josh has, is is the antithesis of that. In that, Josh has a very plain, almost vanilla, <laughs> passive head. A passive head. He's the, he's the double taper of um of, of facial features. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's probably a good way of putting it. Yeah, he's, yeah. His, his face isn't very weight forward, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, the, yeah. Well, if he is, he's the ghost tip of he's um the... ghost tip of Gladstone. 
<laughs> you know, just just lands softly into a conversation or a room. You know, people probably wouldn't even know he's yeah. there, but you put that mo on him, mate. Yeah, that's and it. that's a that's a that's a loop to loop sync tip right on the end. There, man. <laughs> it's a big add on, isn't it? You know, it's, it's an add on, mate. It's a it's he becomes yeah. he, be, he basically becomes a shooting head every November. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, <laughs> what do you reckon? What do you reckon he's shooting? <laughs> I don't know, mate. He's um, charisma. Charisma. He's took, taken a ride on a charisma tron when he uh, when he grows that mo, and uh, we're we're just pumped. It's it's uh, it's fantastic. And if uh, I, yeah, I was just going to say that, like, if you know, if I if I got pulled over from Josh any other month outside of November, I wouldn't take him seriously. But if he's got that mustache on him now, that makes him look like. He could rock up to you and uh, ask you for your license and, you know, you know what, whatever he needs you to do. Or yeah. simply pull off the meow game, quite simply, I reckon, quite easily. <laughs> he does look like a super trooper. He does look like Mac from Super Trooper, yeah. 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 Do you reckon yep. he's giving out any rides? <laughs> Who's for a mustache ride? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, from passive to massive. <laughs> oh hey josh thanks thanks for this mate thanks for being a good sport hey yeah Yeah, so what's what's the deal like if you is he letting people take pot shots is he is he letting people donate based on a pot shot or what oh i think it's just a a free for you don't have to take a pot shot you can just say hey mate you're a good man josh um thanks for doing this uh, but pot shots are welcome, and you can screenshot it too if you want. If you, you could do you both. Could, you could you could yeah. do something like, "Hey Josh, you're a good man. Good work on promoting men's health in November." But hey, put down the lures, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being a quitter. Put down the lures. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, that that's a good that's a good angle, actually. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not, not as personal as, you know, his head, criticising his head. But what do you yeah, say? Hey, sorry, boss, i got a good idea. What about if um, what about if Josh promises, like, uh, that for every donation, he leaves the spin rod at home? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 Isn't that sad that it takes money to convince that guy <laughs> to leave the spin rod at home? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. I sort of feel bad about hanging shit on him. I'm going to make a donation. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah and it should be pointed be manscape, out. Manscaped voucher? Manscaped. Oh, look, I'll just make the donation, mate. For all the uh, accountant types or, um, or shall we say, uh, frugally uh, Scottish types, these these are all tax deductible, all right? These are tax deduct- deductible. Did I say deductible? You, you, deductible. You got this, bro? Yeah. Yeah, bloody tongue-tied and twisted. Thanks, Josh. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, these are tax-deductible donations. And, um, yeah, you can feel feel good about less money going into the economy just so you can fix up men's health. Help us out. Have Mm. you seen a picture of him with his (laughs) moustache? Where where should I go looking for this? Let's do this organically. Is it on Facebook? Yeah, man. Check it out. I don't know if we should be pointing people in his direction, but 
Yeah, let's put it this way. If you feel sorry, donate. That's another another angle. Oh, look at it. Yeah, look at it. Bro, come on. Dig says, is that time of year again, folks? Dig deep and support a fantastic cause. It yeah. is a fantastic cause. And good on him. Yeah. Yep, yep. I'm digging deep. I'm digging deep. Yep. Yeah. Dig deep, Vaults. Dig deep, mate. Those six foot four trousers, mate. They must have some pretty deep pockets, right? <laughs> they do, mate. They do, and I love a good cause, and I love a passive head, and uh, good on you, George. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the double taper of Gladstone. Yeah. So you can find you can find the link on his Facebook page. That's Joshua Radloff. Ghost tip of Gladstone, or you can yeah. go to his. Um, uh, he said he, he's going to put it in his uh, Instagram bio. So um, just go in there. It's only for one month. You've got a bit of spare change floating around on your kick or your credit card or whatever. Send it to uh, Josh's way on November and um, we can all feel good about it. Good on you, mate. Yep. Heck yeah. yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get our guest on. Let's announce who it is first. We have got um, Captain Kurt Rowland on the um, on the podcast tonight. Now, Kurt's a young fella who's um, who's a guide, which we'll establish that shortly. He's mm-hmm. based in uh, Harvey Bay. He works for uh, Choza, which is Harvey Bay Fly and Sports Fishing, isn't it? Pretty sure. Or Sports yep. Fishing and Fly. One yep. way or the other, just Fly and Sports Fishing in there, and it's at Harvey Bay. You work it out. But that's where he's from. And um, we'll have a chat to him in regards to his humble beginnings, to where he is now. So I'm sure we'll hear some funny stories from, from Kurt. So shall yep. we get him on, Bolts? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's get him on. Too much yep. now no worries. And um, so yeah, so we just got to wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll sip my drink then. Yeah, have a sip of your drink. But I think just before we get going, we, we need to do that little bit of housekeeping. And I know I've said this before, but what do you know about Bukaki spawning methods? Fuck, I should be asking Faltzy about that, not me. Yeah. Policies are the authority. I know people know that, but we just like to make sure that people are aware of it and not shocked when it gets brought up in conversation. <laughs> you can yeah. Google it, man. Just go to Google Scholar and throw in that, and you'll be right. Yeah. Throw in what, man? Uh, recruitment strategies for juveniles, mouth brooding, and bukkake. Yeah, gotcha. so, <laughs> yes. yes. Wicked. I'll do that after I get off this, I reckon. Yeah. Well, Kurt, yeah. thank you for, uh, for joining us in the hot seat tonight. No bloody worries, mate. It's, uh, the, pleasure, the pleasure is all yours, mate. And um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it's good, good to have you on. So, as we we, we gave you a little bit of a uh, an intro, and I wouldn't say a rap. You know, we don't really give anyone a rap unless you're Josh, um, passive head Radloff. You know, this, um, they're the only okay. raps we give. Like that wrap around his, that wrap on his top lip there. He looks like a burrito wrap, you know, to me. But he, anyway, he does. Yeah, he looks yeah. like a grubby Mexican called Sancho or Panchez. <laughs> yeah, Anto Sanchez or something. You know, yeah. he does. He looks like he roams like school halls, like you know, as, as a janitor with like a penknife clipped to his belt. That's that's what the guy looks like. <laughs> that's aggressive. Like a purveyor that's... of burritos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> looks like mm-hmm. the top. It looks like a uh, an adult in his in his mid forties who gets picked on by year twelve students. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Josh. Poor Josh. 
He's growing a mustache on purpose to assert authority. <laughs> Fuck. He, look, he looks like a Colombian drug lord. His real name is Pablo Esquibra. <laughs> 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 oh my oh, goodness! So passive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into it. So, jo- um, <laughs> Josh, the Josh, oh, can't wait till November's over, over, right? And, uh, uh, <laughs> can, sorry. can I ask him? Can I ask him my regulation questions? Yeah, bro. Yeah. All right. So, um, so Kurt, before we get yeah, started, mate. this is sort of like my unofficial role. Um, so that people can can have a perv at you while we're um, while we're talking to you. But what are your um, what are your social media tags? Where can people find you? Uh, pretty much just Kurt Rollins on Instagram. I don't really use the book much. I don't really use yep. Insta much too, to be fair. But that's probably the best place to find me. Okay, and and how do we spell your surname? R O W L A N D S. That's really important because it's particularly intimidating for me on on nights like this because you know having. Having two people who are who could be potentially related to famous musicians, like um, with uh, Chris, you've got uh, Brian Adams um, and yourself, uh, Henry Rollins, but there's a different spelling. I was yeah. going to say Kelly Rollins, but uh, well, it's, Hen- it's Henry Rollins, not Rollins. Oh right, yeah, yeah, that's right. There's no D on it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was Rollins. Yeah, but that's yeah. cool, man. That was um, that was well planned out. Yeah, was, did you write that on Sunday last week? Oh, I don't know, man. I just, it just popped into my head, Bukaki style. Whoa! What, what the that? fuck was that? What? what, what oh, you that might be my smoke alarm, mate. Smoke alarm, man. It's fucking this, this is a first for us. Jesus, let it roll. Man. Let's keep, let's keep <laughs> the camera <laughs> rolling. Rolling? Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let's let it keep that's rolling. Yeah. Why is well, it's it really amping up so now. Sorry. Man, that's an aggressive alarm, eh? I think people are going to be disappointed right. if you call the fire department, though. Oh, fucking fixed it. Okay, good. Man. I just oh, pressed the button that says push, and I fucking I pressed it, and it stopped making the noise. God. Did you remove the hazard? Well, it's back. It's oh, back. Fuck. There's <laughs> something in the toaster. I haven't even got anything in here, like making smoke. So that's odd. Are you Is your house heat? burning down? Might I might be it actually. What's that? No, I think we got oh, the house is burning down. Oh yeah, cool. Nah, we're good. All good. I think it must just be that fucking testing thing that they do every now and then. Carry on like a pork chop in the middle of the night. Oh, anyway. Huh. Well, let's annoying, start man. again. There that it makes is. for good pod. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Can you time that better? Let's start again. Oh. Beep. Hold on. Kurt, Kurt, don't, don't, don't grow a moustache over it, man. It's all good. I'm just going to see. How the fuck? Dude, what the fuck? It sounds like we're in a submarine or something like that. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll just fucking close the door and hopefully it doesn't make that noise again. Because the door's shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It heard me close the door. Knows I mean business. (laughs) It'd be a worry if you hear it say, Kurt, what are you doing, Kurt? (laughs) Fucking. Close the door, Kurt. Choz has um, video cameras at his house, right? And he can, like, speak through them. And I was, like, if he's, like, not there, like, through an app on his phone. Oh, I was yeah. Clean- I was cleaning the boat one day, and I just fucking hear these noises, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, what the fuck? And he was saying shit, like, get the dog, and was asking me what I was doing. And I was like, what in the fuck is happening? <laughs> and then I um, I end up literally just, like, 
finishing the boat and bailing. And then he rang me. He's like, did you hear me? And I was full freaking out, but I was losing my mind. Uh, it wasn't yeah. super clear. It wasn't like he was right next to you and he could have been gone. You missed the spot. <laughs> yeah, no, not that fucking clear. It was just, it was fucking scary. I thought I was going crazy. <laughs> Charles, Charles has got game. Who would have thought? Yeah, who would have well, thought? We, I got some. I got some questions in regards to Charles's questionable personality coming up. Um, we can work on that. Let's let's head towards that. But let's start. Okay. So, for the majority of people who have made their way to your um to your Instagram page and haven't stumbled on Henry Rowland's page, <laughs> they would have found that um that you are in fact a guide, a guide, and a uh, and an avid. Uh, free time fisherman as well. That's fair enough to say. Correct? Correct. Very Correct. much so. Yep. The polygraph has indicated that is not a lie. Um, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Frogs. Yeah, right, okay. It, it, sound like a, it didn't sound like a smoke alarm. No, it didn't. That one didn't. Yeah, <laughs> it sounded like a burrito alarm. That's <laughs> uh, why the alarm's uh, going off, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I had Guzman tonight. Yeah. Eh? Fucking Hobby Bay's uh, just got a Guzman, so went there and gave her a test run. It's pretty good. Oh. What'd you get, mate? The burrito. Um, got no, the Josh my, missus, my missus got <laughs> my missus got the burrito. I normally go the nachos, but I branched out and got the quesadilla, and it was actually rubbish. But the chips were really good. Had loaded fries, so pretty yummy. You've just blown your whole sponsorship from uh, Guzman and Guzman, man. Oh, it's fucked. I'll just go for Kefs. Should be right. Kefs. It's there. <laughs> well, we're going to get to the going to get to the root of that preference here, mate. Yep. So, so mate, tell us about Kurt. Where did you Where did you start out, mate? Where did uh, Where did little Kurt live? Oh, Gimpy. <laughs> See now, that's what I'm getting at, man. Oh. Now, you just told us that you preferred the KFC, and it all makes sense now when you tell us that. Yep. So, so okay, let's. That's for the sake of um of the because it's a fly fishing podcast and most of the people listening to this would be right now wearing tweed jackets with elbow patches, <laughs> sipping wine. Let's call it North Noosa. Mm. <laughs> I, I can vibe that. I can get behind that Noosa Hinterland. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the, yeah. North, North Noosa, Noosa, Noosa North. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So in, in humble beginnings in Noosa North, mate. So that's where you were um you were born in Gimpy Hospital. Is that what is that what we're talking about? Is that how far back we're going? Yeah, mate, and if you want to make any jokes, go ahead and make them now. I'll let you. Uh, whoa, mate, we are <laughs> we are highbrow, okay? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a <laughs> little bit defensive. Yeah. Oh, I was like prepping myself, mate. What are some of the jokes that you would anticipate to hear at this point? Something about a scar on my neck from where the other head was removed. Whoa, mm. mate, we're not, we're, mate, we're not making any aspersions here that um, oh. that you're a Tasmanian, hey? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we burn all these jokes up on the Tasmanian podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Could we call yeah, him North Tasmania? Oof. I don't know if we want to. That's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> oh, you mean Tasmania, Queensland? Yeah. <laughs> mm. No, nah, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. There's no way that Tasmania's got a river like the Mary running through it. No, that place is special. Yeah. Although full of ferals at the same time, which will um which we can get towards. Let's t- so the bringing up the Mary there, that would be the um that would be the you know, the place that someone who grew up in North Noosa would find themselves attracted to as their first fishing interest. Is that does that sound fair enough, mate, or did you um did you find your interest in fishing elsewhere? Um yeah, a bit a lot of in the Mary uh, early on. My dad when I oh, growing up, my dad lived literally like a two-minute car ride or like a ten-minute car, like a 
walk down to the river and we used to just go down there pretty uh, pretty well every weekend but um also a lot of stuff like you know in skip point used to do a lot of camping trips down that way and my parents had like a little uh like i guess a holiday shack in riverheads and um mm-hmm. growing up well spent pretty well most school holidays there as well if we weren't in skip so pretty well everywhere okay well tell us what was like uh, what you know like being a little river rat around the mary rivers like for you just to get the sort of uh the picture going here, mate. Um, oh, down, yeah, there with the like hunting yabbies with a bit of meat in the end of a string. Yeah, a lot of that. A lot of um, yeah, setting little you know little pots up or whatever. Um, we used to just take like a float down with a bit of garden worm that we dig up and chase spangled perch and caddies and all that sort of you know easy to do shit, accessible sort of stuff. But used to have a hell of a lot of fun doing it when you're that age. Mm. Yeah, man, I was interested in that. I, I was the same. That's that's. Uh, I was a different river. I used to do that around the Malula River. It's the same thing. I just yeah, show yeah, friends. Yeah. You'd rock up with that, learning that sort of streamcraft at when we were fishing lures, and you'd be like, um, "We'll just see if there's any bass here first, and just dig up a worm at the bank and chuck it out on a weighted hook and catch a bass and go. Let's fish here." You know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, it's pretty well how it went early days. Hey. Yeah. Yep. It was just yeah. mad keen from the minute I was physically able to sort of hold a fishing rod. I was, yeah, fishing nonstop. My, a lot of my family and stuff as well. Um, literally, like, every part of my family loves fishing. So whenever we went on holidays anywhere, it was somewhere near water. And we were always fishing. Okay. So who who was um, – was it a family member that influenced you to get into more of the sports fishing side of things? Um, yeah, my dad, definitely. Um, I just remember when I was, like, probably eight or nine years old, just like a little ADHD kid sitting there with bait thinking, fuck, this is boring. I remember <laughs> going through my dad's tackle box and I found this like white and pink little timber hard body. And I was like, oh, fuck, what's this? And dad's like, oh, it's a lure. I was like, how do you use it? What do you do? And he's like, just cast it out and wind it in. And from then on in, it was just lures. Um, I don't think I caught a fish on a lure until I was probably like 12, 12 years old. <laughs> I was just, I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Um, but yeah, after that, yeah, dad bought me a heap of lures and then him and I both got really, you know, right into it, fishing every weekend without fail. He'd sort of pick me up on a Friday afternoon and we'd just go wherever we thought we wanted to go and yeah, spend the weekend fishing somewhere. So there's a, there's a lot of options around North Noosa, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously the Mary, the Mary for a lot, well, a lot of people would know is, is a, is a, is a fucking mighty river. Like there's a lot oh, of yeah. options in there. Yeah. Um, most famously, Mary River Cod, which is which is endangered, would have been endangered the whole time you've been fishing it. I would imagine as well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, my granddad and great granddad have lived in like Impey all their life, and they told me stories back after the war and stuff, and no one had money and whatnot. They'd all go down to the river every afternoon and just load up on big Marys, and that's like all they ate. That's sort of why there's none left. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah, that's, that's really like interesting. Set lines and stuff, hey, on like um like steel pickets and with like a car tire as like the I guess the stretch around the um <laughs> like the mono that they'd leave there with like, you know, a big hunk of bait and go back the next day or a couple of hours later and bring a cod back for the family or eels or whatever they could catch really because no one had any money back then. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. So um how much did you did you hear about that stuff. Were you were you of an age where you were hearing that stuff as you were interested in catching them? Like, uh, you know, to see to see. Well, the point I'm asking about that story is did you, to see the contrast of when you were interested in fishing in that river to what it was 
when your grandfather or great grandfather was fishing it to when you showed healthy interest in it? Yeah, definitely. Like they showed me photos of them holding like fish up that were like nearly as big as them, or like old like paper articles and stuff. And it's like, well, why don't we have them anymore? Like, what? I just couldn't understand why we couldn't just go out and catch one. And you know, they took the time to sort of educate me on how it all worked and whatnot. But yeah, I've never had the pleasure of seeing one that big. Not that you're like allowed to target them, obviously. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Well, was what about the any interest in I suppose uh, in the river quality, like, was it a clean river back then or like that? Did you know about anything like that? Yeah, or well, they said, like, there was far less sort of farming going on. Um, so, obviously, cows weren't, you know, walking up and down the banks and erosion wasn't as much of an issue and there wasn't as much water getting pumped out. So, the water was always clean, was always running, was always deeper. So, it was just a far better sort of, um, you know, environment for most fish, including cod. But not, back in them days, like, I don't even think bass were there. I don't even think they're actually native to the berry as such compared to like places like the noosa river but they said back in them days you don't really catch like um cod and silver perch and um like catfish um eels stuff like that mm. Mm. I, I don't i don't know about well i mean i can't unequivocally deny that but i mean i i i would imagine that the bass would be native to that river it, it does it's not it's not that it's not too far north for their distribution no, really. It's it's the most northern historically um, recorded river f for them, actually. Is yeah, it? yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's the northern limit of their range. Um, there, would, yeah. there would have to be a place where they would break through or, like, a, to get through, say, where the back of the Noose Everglades to, say, down the well, back of the Straits sort of thing, you know? Tanana Creek, I think, would mm -hmm. I think, I think when it floods big time, they all sort of meet up, and then, obviously, Tanana flows into the Mary. Um, back in the day, I think that's how probably it all would have happened. Do you reckon yeah, okay. if that being the case, Tanana, the cod in Tanana Creek, which are <clears throat> genetically distinct from the, the ones in the Mary itself, that they could um, they could end up in the Noosa, right? Well, there's no reason why they couldn't, hey, but not that I have never even heard of anyone catching one. I know King King Creek has them. Has bass. Um, hey, yeah. cod. Oh, it does it? Okay, yeah, yeah, I've heard of people catching them in Kinkin. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Real interesting. Yeah, pretty Kinkin cool. Kinkin runs into the Everglades, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty sure. It's the yeah. like the one before mm. um, the actual top of the Noosa there. But I've, yeah, yeah, I have it, heard of people catching them there. So it it flows into um, Katharaba, not far from where the the, the Noosa flows into Katharaba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. Hey, I've got a question for you, mate. Um, yep. When, when you were a kid, was there, was there Sooty Grunter in the Mary River? Nah. Um, no. So I've uh, I've been catching my first Sooty. I think I was about – I was still in high school. I think I was grade 11, just towards the end of grade 11. How old can, can you tell us how – yeah, how old you actually can get some idea of perspective I'm, 20, I'm Sorry, I'm 25 now. So I would have been, what, 16 then, 15, turning 16. Yeah, nine um, years ago. Yeah, about that. Um, I had heard of, like, the odd fish getting caught. Like, so there were some older dudes in town that just fished flat out and they just knew their stuff and they'd catch the old one and you'd sort of talk to them and be like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and then uh, I had a good mate of mine catch one at the spillway at um, Barumba. And mm -hmm. I thought that's pretty weird. And I was, like, I was trying to figure out like how the hell they got there. And the only thing I found was in the old, um, I think it was a sweetwater fishing uh, website that apparently they did a trial stocking in Barumba. I don't know how much truth's in that. 
Um, I can't find the article anymore about it, but that would sort of make sense because that was, I don't know, I think um, was one of the first places I heard of one being caught. That dude caught a couple that day. Um, and that would sort of explain how they got in the Mary. But as I said, I haven't been able to find that article again. But it was you, funny. What was that? Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, you would think that if they were in Burumba with the amount of food that's in there, that we would have seen something by now. But at the same token, there's a lot of Mary River cod that have been stocked yeah. in Burumba and no one Correct. ever catches them. Nah, and I think sooties are the type of fish. If they feel current, they're going to fucking bail. Like, and if mm. they only stocked, you know, ten to twenty thousand of them in there, then and that say that was twenty year ago, then you know, who knows? They could be well gone. But as I said, I'm not a hundred percent on that, so I'm not going to, you know, say that's hundred percent true. They mm. could have been out of a farmer's dam. But um, yeah, so I caught my first one when I was that age and you know it was funny because I'd been fishing that area like for years and years and I used to walk straight past the spot that I caught it at and when I found out that there were sooties sort of in the Mary I did research because I had no idea of like what they were what they did how they lived anything like that mm -hmm. so I did a bit a lot of reading a lot of video watching and I was like oh they live in like fast flowing water I know this spot that has boulders fast flowing water I'll go there and I'll fish it and literally the first time I know I literally used to walk straight past this box I thought there was too much current like I had no idea literally like five minutes fishing there I caught one and then it was back in them days you'd probably do maybe 10 bass to one sooty on average um just they were more so a bycatch thing or a bit of a rarity and then fast forward to now um you probably catch 20 sooties to one bass where like, in the lot of the areas that i used to grow up fishing um there's still bass in the river but like we said with the water quality and stuff i think I mean, global warming yep. has a like a giant part to play in that like if a fish like a sooty can absolutely thrive in the mary compare that to a, a bass that you can catch you know in like south new south wales um, yeah obviously yeah, the bass are going to eventually sort of – any bass you catch now are too fucking normally like half dead or unless it's yeah. like we've had a lot of rain, um, they're pretty – you know, they've got sores on them. They don't look that flash. Um, they, thrive, they thrive a bit more in winter, I think, the bass here, but you're not allowed to target them in winter. So Now, now Kelly, I've got a really good question here. Does Do you think the, um, the sooty is <laughs> going to <laughs> adversely affect the uh, Mary River cod? Um, <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck's Kelly? <laughs> Look, man, don't go chasing rainbows over it, mate. Just, just, just move on. <laughs> um, um, oh, I've caught like a sooty, a bass, and a cod out of the exact same snag. Um, I yeah. don't think, yeah, I don't think, and that happens often. Like I've got mates that fish the Mary pretty hard, and like you know, you, you could be fishing a log jam for sooties with bulk current on it, with a little, you know, like a fifty mil, like a popper or like a little. Anything really, and that's, mm. a cod will still come up and eat it if there's a cod there. I don't think, I think a cod would bully any sooty, but the one thing that I think would be the drama is the offspring of the sooty sort of, yeah. um, you know, ganging up on small cod or even eating the eggs out of the log sort of thing. I think that's what the drama sort of is, mm. in my how opinion, anyway. Up, how far up do you think the sooties have got? I mean, I think I've seen them up as far as Conondale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're up there. Yeah. Well, I haven't, se haven't seen them in. Um, in the lower bits of the Obi Obi. That's, uh... yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard. I haven't heard of any in there either. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Not that you're allowed to fish the Obi Obi, you know, at certain times. Really, like that hey, that's uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, I guess you can. Catch yeah, you for can. bass. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, you yeah you can't target cod there. That's for sure. No, no. great bass fishery. Is yeah. it? Isn't most of it green zone now anyway? 
Uh, a lot of it. Down, downstream from crossing number four. Yeah, is, right. Is open slather, you know. Yeah, like, okay. I thought they got moved. Oh, yeah, there's a I... seasonal closure. No, no. I thought the the permanent closure got moved further down. Yeah, oh, they oops. extended it. Yeah. That was when they brought out those new rules a couple of years ago with the uh, the uh, seasonal closures and stuff. As far yeah. as I know, I don't I don't do too much fishing up there in any way. Most of mine's between uh, cool, say like maybe Imbul and Tyro. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Kurt, there's there's a real polarizing issue about these sooties, you know, yep. not being uh, endemic to the system. There, mm-hmm. what do you think? Is there? Is, uh, well, let me put this another. Has there been much discussion about around your OG North Noosa mates um, <laughs> in regards to whether you should chuck them up on the bank? Um, for a little <laughs> bit there, we'll throw in like like small fish and stuff up the bank, but it. It's just like carp, man. Like there's there's nothing you can do unless you get someone to go in and electrofish it and take every single one of them out. They breed like wildfire. There's there's no real point. Um, there's not much you can do really. Like mm. I said, they're literally thriving, man. Like you could just pull up to pretty well any rapid nowadays and just drag like a fly on your rod tip through it and you'll hook a baby sooty. It's just they're fucking everywhere. Mm. Do you think there's an industry for the row that could um, help curb the numbers? Uh, ask Bolchie, he'd know. He'd probably be into that, wouldn't he? <laughs> it's hard to say, mate. Hard to say. <laughs> Maybe it might need a more of a passive approach. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know, man. It's it's, it's hard one because, like, you've got fish like fucking trout and stuff that are introduced here and stuff as well. And, like, I know sooties aren't endemic to the Mary, but, you know, they're thriving. It's sort of, I don't know, I reckon global warming basically is sort of, Help kick that along big time. Well, Just, I can tell you, can you in, in my experience, which might be an interesting part of the discussion, that, you know, when I um, started to delve into um, online fishing forums, I remember on Ozfish, mm. uh, which is an old, very old Australian fly fish, uh, Australian fishing forum, not just had fly fishing on it, but mainly, uh, mainly a lot of uh, normal fishing. Anyway, I can't remember what year that was, but that might have been around about. I don't know, two thousand and six, maybe two thousand and five. There was um, there was a bit of a hoo ha in it. Like uh, there was a picture in the in in the paper in the Gimpy Times of someone holding up a sooty or something like that, and it, mm. and it mates are there. Um, there were the the general consensus that was accepted by th- those forum participants was that it was they were washed out of a farmer's dam. There was apparently, and I am completely trying to remember something that was what you know seventeen years ago. So it could be very fuzzy, but I, I believe there was a lot of people that accepted it or because there was a, enough of a enough of a, a plausible story that it had washed out of a farmer's dam. In fact, there was a, um, and I, I believe that was accepted because there was a farmer who admitted it had him, had him in his dam. You know? Yeah, right. It, um, yeah, that would make sense. So, I, yeah, look, I don't know. I, bu- I believe that was in um, in uh, Yabba, like ran off an offshoot of Yabba too, you know? So yeah, well, that, that could be um, why they're in the bottom of the spillway there. Um, I know that there's like a lot of them in Yabba still too, so I guess mm. uh, that would, it's very plausible. Yeah. Okay. No, it's very interesting. Look, yeah, we'll have to uh, apologise to those people who don't live in the area. Those are very local sort of talk, but I mean, it's not often you get someone who's um, in a position like yourself has been an avid fisherman and and um, and, and a local to North Noosa, you know, to um, to expand on it because you get a lot of people that 
go, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, sooties, man, they're sick, and no one will ever tell me to neck a sooty, man. You know, I've, I've seen people say that, like, it's just like, wow, man, that's a that's a real funny hill to die on, bro. But yeah, still, man, if you love sooties that much, that's great. <laughs> but, um, so, no, mate, I appreciate you expanding on that. I've, I've never spoken right. to you about that direction, so that's um, that was very brave of you to do that on air. No, that's right, mate. It's, um, you know, like it's just an issue we're faced with. Can't really run from it. Yeah, well, I guess, it, it, you know, it's, just, it's, it's yeah, yeah, for sure. It's an issue you can't run with. But let, let me ask you this, mate. Who introduced you to the salt? Was that your dad too? Yeah, pretty much. Like my dad and like my stepdad and my pop, like they all love it, eh? Like it's, I can't remember. I just remember being very, very, very young. Like I don't even remember the first time I casted a rod. I don't remember the first time I tied a knot. Like I, it's sort of just been in my blood um just as long as i've been alive for mm. Mm. um and um okay well then what got you into fly fishing um just i guess the, i don't know i always used to watch it on tv and just thought oh that's pretty cool might try that one day um and then a bloke that i was fishing with uh back when i was well, still like early high school sort of thing he had a fly rod and we used to take it everywhere we went but you know could probably only cast like 10 foot both absolutely shocking at it. And then one day I was like, I think um, Morsi was doing one of the casting clinics up here and I was maybe 15 at the time, 14 or 15 at the time, and went to that. And then, you know, he had us, had me cast him a lot better. And then I remember I got in the boat the next day to cast a fly rod and literally couldn't at, at all. So that sort of shot down pretty quick. Um, mm. And then I... Um, yeah, just wanted to pick it back up. I think I was like 20 years old. I bought a rod and then just said stuff it. I'll stick with it for a bit. How many rods have you had now, mate? Oh, fuck, couple. Yeah. Dogs. <laughs> couple of dogs. Couple yeah. of dogs, mate. Um, Is that what's yeah. seen the smoke alarm off? You're just packing too much heat <laughs> yeah. in the house there? Yeah, you know me, brother. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like Destiny's Child, mate. Just like, uh, yeah. Like a, uh, um. <laughs> Uh, mate, tell us about tell us about meeting Chozza. Um, that was actually at that uh, Morsi casting clinic. Um, oh, it yeah. was at Bargy's old house when he was down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, we went to that, met him, um, did the casting day, and I thought, oh, I, I remember watching him and Bargy like on the, the, fish, the old fishing DVDs a lot. Yeah, and I used to think, fuck yeah, that's six. I was a local in the area, and I was like, oh, I need to go for a trip with these dudes one day. And then, like, I met Choz at the, in, the clinic thing, and then I think maybe a couple months later, I actually went out with him in the boat, booked a trip. I remember yeah. it was like shit weather. It was like windy, it was cold, it was raining, and I think I caught two mac tuna that day, and we had nice. to call it early because the weather was shit. But I just remember after it being like fuck, that was sick. Like, I want to do this. Like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this dude's so lucky he gets to do this every day and get paid for it. Like, that's fucking awesome. So can I just ask, was two questions here. Was um, was that last time Charles had picked up a fly rod? Um, <laughs> yeah. and- <laughs> Sorry, Charles. <laughs> and more importantly, um, were they, um, were, well, from my my own personal experience, um, my first Mac tuners I remember pretty clearly, and I was totally and thoroughly addicted to um, to you know tuner on fly. From then on, um, you know, I'm pre- thinking by the sounds of it, it had a similar effect to you. Oh yeah, um, the first yeah. answer, yeah, that was the last time I was picked up a fly rod. Correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Um, I actually didn't catch those fish on fly, by the way. I caught them on a spin rod, but it was still oh, okay. like that experience was. Yeah, I didn't catch my first fish on fly. Well, I caught a lot, a lot of little flathead and whatnot, but I didn't catch my first like proper fish on fly until maybe I was like twenty. But um, this mm -hmm. yeah, that feeling uh from you know catching one on a spin rod was enough for me to be addicted to that sort of stuff and i mm. remember thinking fuck this would be even more insane on a fly rod so that's definitely drove the passion but back then i had fuck all money and for me it was like why would you want to spend you know up to 500 bucks on a on a fly combo when i could spend that much money on a surtate and just go slay fucking grunter you know so for me it was just like a hard hard thing to commit to and then until, yeah, I turned like 20 and ended up buying up a combo, an old G Loomis combo. Right, right. And was there a um, was there one of those polarising captures that really crystallised your addiction to fly? Was was there something that stands out? Yeah, definitely. I remember I used to do a lot of like flats fishing um, when I was young, even with the spin rod. Like I've just always loved sight fishing. Yep. And I had this area that was just, like, really consistent with, like, you know, good-sized GTs and, like, smallish queenies, you know, 60s, 70s. And um, mm -hmm. I had a really good session there on a spin rod one day, and I was like, stuff it, I'm going to bring the fly back here, and I'll just give it a crack, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? I remember that day I made probably, like, five or six shots at fish and, like, just from being a Gumby and trout striking or when I was staying tight enough, I lost all these fish and then, I think it was like coming to the last couple of hours of the day and I hooked this um, GT. I made like a massive, probably like 20 foot cast and yes. um, it was, you know, big cast and um, yeah, mm -hmm. I hooked this thing and I just remember the line peeling out through my fingers, it gave me hectic line burn and just, it was insane. I remember, holy shit, this is fucking sick. And ever since then, it's just, I've literally sold all my conventional gear and sport fly gear ever since yeah, that right. day. That's pretty cool, man. I wish uh, you landed that GT. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and still been... to this day, the biggest yeah. GT I've like caught, and <laughs> I caught it on a fly rod. It was probably like oh, sixty-five, maybe something nice like work. that. It was really nice good, work. really good fish, and I was oh. yeah, absolutely cheering. Boss was like, "Were you going to say I wish Josh Radloff would sell his spin gear and just own fly, fly gear as well?" <laughs> 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 Sounded like you were about to interject that there, but um, yeah. we're courteous enough to let it... Kurt just keep telling the story. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, you did make the point there very passive aggressively, you know. So <laughs> yeah, very Josh Andy. Yeah, mm. uh, <laughs> goodness, <laughs> mate. Yeah. Okay, well, look, that's 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 pretty interesting, mate. You got in there. Like, I think a lot of people could probably relate to that story. I suppose um, to a degree. I guess not everyone's got you know GTs and queenies to go and um, you know throw out those whopping 20-foot casts to as they're learning. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, I mean, was the, the, although the cast was 20-foot, I bet you that it landed heavy, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And GTs, you know, what GTs are like. They'll, oh, uh, just dumb saltwater can... fish. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> we wouldn't understand the finesses of, of, uh, of uh, you know, fishing up here. For no, salt. God, no. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 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 um... <laughs> all right mate so look i guess you know this leads us on to the uh to the crux of the interview here mate mm. and um why and how did you want to become a guide oh like i sort of mentioned there i had that day with Chaz. oh actually i'll start from the start i remember like fishing's been the only thing i've never been able to get proper sick of like i've had so many hobbies in my life and fishing is the one thing i've always turned back to and from a young age i was always wanting to do something like in the fishing industry just didn't know didn't know what didn't know how i didn't know when didn't just didn't know um and i did 
uh, cabinet making apprenticeship through like my family as a family business, and that that was always sort of in my back of my head going to be sort of what I fell back to. I still wanted to somehow be involved in fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I went on that trip with Choz, and from that day, I was in grade 10, I think, from memory. Um, and then from that day, I was like, no, nah, I want to be a guide. So pretty much just fish nonstop. I, um, you know, as soon as I sort of got my peas, I was out every afternoon, whether it be in the Mary. I used to even just, like, drag the boat down to Tin Can of, like, a, like on a Wednesday afternoon and fish till, like, 9, 10 o'clock at night. My parents would used to just flip out at me for never being at home. <laughs> and every weekend, pretty much, no matter what, Um and then, yeah, try to get as good as I can, just spending time on the water. And then um, eventually sort of well, I got sort of offered to me, sort of just fell on my lap more so than anything to become a guide. Um, but, I, but, sorry, let me just stop you there, Kurt. So all that yep. time on the water where you were talking about, um, you know, not being home on time and, and, and getting put over your dad's knee still at, what, 18 and stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I mean that's a pretty north north Gimpy thing to do, north Noosa thing to do. Still, like people don't understand the traditions, I suppose. But was that all? Was that all leading up to? Um, was that all leading up to the direction of guiding in your mind? Like, I, I want to be on the water as much as I can to learn as much as I can to mm. be a guide. And and you know, you're you're about to say that it was fell on your lap, and I'm wondering if that's the direction you're taking. That like, just through this hard work, was was your intention to get noticed? Is that how it came about? Yeah, pretty much. And like, because uh, I've known Choz from such an early age as well, that helped. And I was doing one, like nearly, oh, I tried to do at least one trip a year with him from then on in um, as well. And we always stayed sort of in contact and we've always been mates outside of like fishing as well from that day. Um, and yeah, corny story, eh? I friggin', I, um, I did up a resume. Hang on a sec, Kurt. Sorry, mate. Volts. Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to text you on the side here, mate, just to let you know that you are doing a great impression of a uh, of a of a um, of a caller who makes a call and just breathes on the other end, mate. <laughs> oh shit! Sorry, man. Yeah, it was, I was just losing myself. It it seemed to be, you know, listening listening to Kurt's, you know, pursuing his um, his destiny from child sort of age, and um, <laughs> I, I just found myself lost in this. So continue. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Um, yeah, where was I? Um, you were so, yeah, about the rainbows, chasing Oh, yeah, rainbows, yeah, chasing the rainbows, yeah. No, um, so, yeah, I was just, yeah, like, sort of, um, oh, yeah, right, I'm with it. I did up a resume, and I was going to Harvey Bay for a, um, like, a fam- family weekend, sorry, and, um, I messaged, just to, like, expression of interest, just to give Charles, just, I didn't think he wanted to put anyone on, just to say, like, look, if you ever want a young dude, let me know. And um, so I got to the bay and I messaged him and he's like, oh, I'm not actually in town. And I was like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up another day. I um, went back to Gympie that, that weekend and we actually put an offer on a house in um, in Gympie and it got accepted. We didn't think it would. We lowballed hectic. Who's, who's we? Me and my partner. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You, you jumped and, ahead um, there. You've just gone from getting chastised from your parents and being home late. To buying a house, and was like, yeah, well, that's a big jump. A lot, sorry, <laughs> a lot to weave in here. So I just wanted to interject so for the listener. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, mate. Um, so yeah, the miso. Me and the miso. This was a few years ago now, like two and a half years ago now. Um, mm. we uh, put an offer in on the house, got accepted, and I just said, oh, well, won't worry about it. We'll just stick it out here for a few more years, and then move to the bay eventually. If Todd wants a guide, never gave him my resume. I don't even think he knew that I was going to do that. And then like two months later, he actually messaged me asking me if I'd ever be interested. So it just sort of worked out, sort of just fell in my lap. I was really lucky like that. Wow, that's pretty cool. And obviously, cool, 
yeah, I was never going to say no, obviously. So sort of was a grind the first few years driving up and back, but it's well worth it. Mm. So did you did you complete your apprenticeship? Yeah, yeah, I finished that when I was like 19. I did a school-based apprenticeship. So I was, yeah, a tradesman like three years after I finished school or something, two years after I finished school. Yep. Yep. Well, mate, I tell you, what, what, a, what a career change from um, sitting at the bench making, making boxes all day to um, being on the, on the briny all day. Yeah, not a bad one, eh? Yeah, pretty good. So um, what's it like guiding in Harvey Bay? Oh, like anywhere, man. It can be really, really tough, but it's also really, really, really good. Like some days it's unbelievable. It's you just it doesn't feel like real some days. It's insane. But uh, just like any fishery, it definitely has its days. Mm. But you know, like I just would rather be out there doing that for sure. Every day is a school day, you know that. So mm-hmm. every day I'm on the water, even if it's a tough day, you learn something, you're taking something away from it. Tell yeah, me, okay. mate. You're sick of that uh, that washing machine between Urangan and, say, Moon Point? Oh, honestly, like, now that I'm in Choz's hooker, like, I can't feel it. That thing is Whoa, just... Well, we a, need some a, context there. Oh, yeah, right, my the bad. The boat's called Chozzle's, a hooker, the brand of the boat. <laughs> the boat, yeah. correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that thing. Because <laughs> when you say cool. now that I'm in Choz's hooker... Yeah. Like, mm, you got to understand I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's ambiguous. I do get it. It is, yeah. very yeah. much so. And distasteful, but continue. Yeah, we would never, ever. <laughs> we wouldn't. We wouldn't dare. Entertain mm. that sort of context. Yeah. Well, no. Nah, the washing machine it gets pretty hairy. Don't get me wrong. It's um. But right. that. Uh... Hang on a minute. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> that bit of rough water there is just um. Yeah, particularly Moon Point, Pelican Bank. Yeah. Anyway. So, it's gnarly, bro. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And do you but, um. Do you have a favourite sort of season or time of year, um, you know, for whatever reason? Maybe it's an, an abatement of the conditions that lead to the washing machine or just what's available in terms um, of in-season fish, yeah. Right now, um, November, like sort of late October, November into early yeah. December would be by far my favourite. I would, yeah, I would work every single day, seven days a week for the whole entirety of the time. For sure. Why? Why? What's what's the big deal about um, Hubby Bay in uh, November, December? Oh, the little marlins that we get run up up and down the uh, the point up there. Well, Rudy's. let's not let's not expand on that too much. Like we know we're gonna we're gonna ask about those weird looking things in a minute. Yeah, we're coming up, but surely there's more than just that in at, at this time of year. Oh, there is. Don't get me wrong, but those things just take over my brain. Um, you get a lot of tuna, um, like mac tuna. The old long tails still like seasonal, a lot seasonal. The residential fish that don't really ever leave. There's a lot mm. of them still around. They're harder to get bites out of, but they're there. Um, the flats start to get a lot better. Um, you know, you get a lot more like the queenies sort of start to rock up. Um, you get goldies. Like the other day, I saw two massive goldies just hanging out with the turtle. We couldn't get them to eat, but that was still pretty cool to see. Um, spotties, spotties are good fun too. It's just, it's just a good time of year. There's just a lot of, lot of stuff going on. If I had to pick, but between now and then, I really like March, April as well. Mm-hmm. Catch the tuna. Yeah, the long tails are on. You get a lot of like, um, you'll find like a lot more goldens sort of kicking around as well. And uh, queenies are normally pretty angry. Um, but yeah, mainly the long tails. The long tails are pretty special. Mm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the, what you're talking about this time of year, November, December, is visually visually stunning time of the year. 
right? As far as for people with ADD type fishing, you know, yep. <laughs> you could be, you could be, you, people don't know, you could run the inside of Fraser Island and Google Fraser Island if you've never heard it before. Looking, looking for fish on flats and, and like, like, um, I don't want to. I don't want to burn this subject yet. But like you just said, potentially even even black marlin up in up in the shallow water up there. Yep. Um, but you know, if you don't encounter anything like that, like you can just look left if you're running north and see you know frothing piles of birds and carry on with. Uh, but there could be anything: mac tuna, long tail tuna, body mackerel. Um, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really. Oh not really. no! Like oh, mad oh, fish could be mad oh, fish. Mad one fish. of our um. Gad. One of our. Sorry, one of our guys got like a oh, probably it's like a thirty kilo cobia off the flat not long ago. That was pretty yeah. cool. Sight fish. Wow. Um, they're sort of hanging around still a little bit. They'll probably start to piss off now. Mm. What's a good time for them, mate? Oh, I'd probably winter. Uh, like probably uh, maybe July through to October, even just into the start of November. Yeah. Um, yep. so it's, yeah. Normally the, the colder months. Yeah. Definitely. Still- definitely winter. Still whales in the bay at the moment? No, I haven't seen one. They bailed a little bit earlier than normal, but they got here a bit earlier than normal too. I remember I was up there with uh, with Gav, who's been, I guess, in this show in November two years ago and saw whales up there. That that year when the island was on fire. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. That was in November. That was That's really late for whales, right? Yeah, definitely. I remember like there was definitely a couple days um, early on uh, in November, that we saw whales as well, because I remember the same thing. The the uh, island was on fire. It was this insane. Year? Uh, last year, wasn't it? Was it last year? Or was the year before? Yeah. No, it was last year. The island was on fire. We had oh, it must have been up there last there. year then. Yeah. 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 No, cool. Was, um, but that was that was the year then. Yeah. That was. Um, yeah. I don't know when it was in November. It might have been the beginning of November. But I thought November was quite strange to see whales. Now they'll. They were in really close to those flats too, up near Station Hill. You know. Yeah, definitely is a bit late, but that's sort of what they do. They're probably finding their way out. Like a lot of them sort of hit like that Rooney's Point or Station sort of area, and they just sort of cruise on the beach until they get to the point, and then they piss off when they realise they've found open water again. Mm. Wow, dumb whales. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I had um, a dude who does all the filming for like all the Blue Planet stuff. Um, oh yeah, and he had like drone filming. He was doing a special for Nat Geo on like top 10 islands in Australia and just took him up to Rooney's and we just sat there all day droning whales going around the corner. It was pretty cool. Oh, right. Okay. Did, does, cool this guy, does this guy have anything to do with the guy who filmed the GTs eating birds? Yeah, that was the only one he didn't get to go and do. He was he helped the crew. Like he picked the crew. He's pretty high up in what he does. He's had like David Attenborough at his house for a barbecue and stuff. It was pretty cool to oh. talk to. Yeah, insane, hey. man. Um, <laughs> so. on sauce, mate. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, he said um, he was telling me about that. Apparently, it was uh, pretty freaking cool to see. He said there even David like, Attenborough knocks back having sauce. You know, I don't think I'll have any this time. The problem with sauce is, <laughs> sorry, mate, just my small mind. Don't be sorry, bro. It was really good. <laughs> Thanks. Was that David Attenborough, by the way? Or? <laughs> no, no, that was me after about a pack of darts and about a <laughs> six pack of bourbon. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Did he it all? Uh, <laughs> fucking hell. Rugged. Um, Very rugged. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, uh, Kurt, where do um, where does most of your clientele um, uh, where they well they would be Queenslanders at the moment due to travel restrictions, right? 
Yeah, man, pretty well at the moment. It's just like Brizzy, Sunny Coast, Goldie. Yeah, pretty right. well. Like a little bit of Toowoomba here and there. Not very yeah. much though. Mainly Brizzy. Rightio, rightio. And um, does does that sort of uh, how do I say this? Is it in the back of your mind that you know potentially you could be showing these guys spots they'll come back to in the future? Does that bother you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, want to hear a funny story? Okay, I'll tell you. Um, I had these two do- – this is before the closure, actually. These dudes are from Coffs. Um, uh, they booked – so there was a group of four, and they booked for two days. Um, but the first day was with me, and then the next day they had the hire boat. Um, so I fished them that day. Um, one spot is, like, a very vague – like, it's there was heaps of goldens there, but heaps of batfish as well, and they were just swimming on the surface just doing weird shit. Um, but that's the only spot in the bay that that was ever going to be happening at. And then the next day, I bump into them at the ramp, and I was like, "Oh, how'd just go?" And they're like, "Oh, yeah, we sort of just yeah f- flicked around, and we found. I reckon we like sort of fished near a spot we fished yesterday. Hey, because like we saw these batfish and the goldens that wouldn't eat. I was like, "Oh yeah, cool." And I looked in their sounder when we got the boat back, and they'd um, gone to a mark that wasn't put in there because that's a private guide mark. So they navionixed us, and. <laughs> Ended up fucking just fishing the spots we took them the day before and like left. Like, how fucking stupid could you be? You know? So, I'm gonna, I wanna expand on that to, to some people who are listening there. So, what you're referring to is that Charles's operation there is, is got, uh, you know, captain boats as well as the guide outfit, but also offers hire boats. So, these guys, you know, um, got a charter with, with, with you, yep. um, through Chozza, and you yep. took them out to these spots and they had the intention of hiring a boat the next day. But what they did while they were out in the boat with you was that they, they brought a GPS out. Is that what you mean by Navionics us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just an app on your phone. And um, yep. they just sort of tracked our movements and went back to all the spots that I took them. Yeah. Oh, wow. So so you got a, you got paying clients on board that have um um that have um you know had the intention of, of mapping where you were taking them the whole time. Yeah, it happens. It's like we've We've had, like, clients come out and then a couple of weeks later we've seen them in their boats, like, at this spot that we'd taken them. It happens and it's like, I guess that's just part of the business. you just got to be sort of careful with what you do and who you take. And you normally get a gist of the sort of people they are because they probably get their phone out a fair bit and all that sort of stuff. So you just got to be careful. Yeah. Cool. Which sucks because you want to put every client that gets in your boat, you want those clients to catch good fish and have the best day ever. But if you know they're not trustworthy, it's like, well, fuck, what do I do? Like... It's, it's a bit hard. Well, what do you, I mean, yeah, exactly. What are you going to do? You're not going to shake them down and pat them down in the boat, are you? Run no. the metal detector over them? No. Uh, yeah. Um, I do know. I've heard stories of, of, of guides busting clients doing that. Mm. Yeah, it definitely have, happens, it, man. Yeah. Have you ever Have you ever um, caught, caught people in the act or know of um, anyone who works with you has? Uh, yeah, a couple of boys have. I haven't um, yet. But I'm, oh, but I'm sure maybe the people that got on my boat were smart enough to not go there near their phone the whole time. <laughs> but like a couple of the boys have um done it, and nowadays like you can have a GPS smartwatch like, and they fucking just track it anyway. So what do you do? You're gonna tell someone to take the fucking watch off? Like like, mm. it's hard, man. It's just the biz the business world. Well, sorry. <clears throat> if you recognise it, you don't ask them to take the watch off. You ask them if their watch is waterproof, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you just push them in. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> the, the threats escalate from there. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting, eh? Do you, think it's, do you think it's a fair expectation? Like, if, say, for example, you, you ask them beforehand, say, listen, has anyone got a GPS device? Um, 
you know, you're effectively making them lie if if they do track themselves. And does that does that um, do you think making your your objection to that situation clear would help at all or not? I think it pro- yes and no. Like some people are just probably going to kick up a stink, you know, like. Like, look at the fucking vaccine, people being told what they can and can't do, people cracking up about it. Like, if I'm going to say to someone, oh, is your phone on, can you make sure, like, you turn it off or something? Because even if you have, like, um, on airplane mode, they can still contract where you're going. So they literally need to have it off and they can argue, oh, I need it. What about an emergency? What about this? What about that? So some people, I think, with the wrong intentions are going to kick up a stink anyway. But, you know, the, like, 99.9% of people are honest and they're not doing it to us. It's just like 1% of scumbags, you know? Mm. I know yeah. that that's sorry that Smithy dude at the Sunny Coast. He makes people turn their phone off and put them in a box at the start of the day. And oh like, yeah, because um, it's probably the best way to go about it, really. Yeah, that's well, they do that in um, I know they do that in some uh, events now. Like um, mm. you know, uh, there's there's I can't remember the name, but there's bags that you know if you go to a concert or a or a stand up comedy show or something like that, you know, something you could record on your phone. I believe yeah. that you know, there's there's um there's companies that facilitate you know collecting all the uh, patrons' phones you know um, yeah to to stop any sort of copyright copyright infringement or or gives the um gives the artist the free reign of how the uh you know how the media is released or something like that but um in regards to a fishing guy like that I don't think that's that far fetched you know particularly no. if it's um if it's if it's well known when you're ordering the tickets you know that you'll be asked to put your phone in a bag and you know, um, yeah, definitely, man. I yeah, definitely think that's probably the best way to go about it if you're going to do something like that. Just like a, we'd normally do send every client like an email beforehand saying, you know, bring a spray jacket, bring this, bring that, and meet here. Could just mention on that, uh, turn your phones off. Yeah, put and you're going to give them to me, you're going to put them in a yeah. bag. Yeah, 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 well, that, that's um, that's a pretty good idea. That's sad that that happens really at the end of the day because I mean. They're they're paying paying you for your hard your hard work and your knowledge. Uh, I mean, they're going to be a, they're not going to get that to a degree to be able to adapt on the water, but they can be off to a running start with that GPS. And you know, they're the same type of people that would tell someone else completely and and just not understand uh, the value of the um, of the trip. Yeah, definitely, man, hundred percent. But mm. yeah, it sucks. But you know, it's sort of just part of it. Unfortunately, there's people that are. In the world that suck, and some people mm. are good. Most people are good, but a lot suck. Yeah, Harvey Bay is a, a pretty popular place, you know. Like, I mean, probably a lot of uh, outfitters or guide outfits operate in pretty popular waters, but not many of the not many people would be of the caliber of Harvey Bay as close as they are to a capital city. Uh, what's it like guiding around the stack of punters? Do you, do you get a heap of punters? We would up there now, I'd imagine, wouldn't you? With with the blacks run. Yeah, it actually hasn't been too bad. There was only there was one day up there, the busiest day I've seen it up there was only I think twelve boats, and that's over you know a pretty big area, and a lot of dudes will sort of just now there's a new, like a little fad out there. They'll go which is a couple of miles wide, Rooney. They'll sort of go out there, and you normally got a fair bit of space. But one thing is people like listen to our radios too, so they're just like as soon as they hear us speak, they're just zooming straight in on us. So you got to sort of try and lay low or we'll just message each other sort of thing if we have reception but yeah it is that another thing like even if you're out wide uh drifting on a reef or something we'll have people literally zoom straight up to us and anchor up within spitting distance actually the other day a perfect example i was casting at tuna this dude was 
heading back from um, the point. I think he was camp must have been camped up between Moxos room in there later that day. But um, heading straight back from the point toward me, and I'm sort of just wide a station hill, um, and I'm just casting at Mac Tuners with my clients. He zoomed literally straight over to me. And he was, I'm not even kidding when I say this, like two rod lengths away, casting it in the exact same school of tuner as me, while there was probably a good 10 to 15 schools, you know, in the area. So that, Two rod lengths? Yeah, I'm not even kidding, man. Like, so you could have told me, like, you could have been able to tell I if you participated in, in November. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, yeah. It, could have um, Jesus, man. Literally, bro. And I was just standing there with my arms arms wide up. Like I'm not gonna I'm not the sort of person that's gonna yell at someone and flip out, especially if I got clients in the boat. Like I'm a pretty chill dude. It's like mm. whatever. But I just stood there with my arms like wide open on top of my seat. Like, what are you doing, bro? And the dude that was driving wouldn't look at me and the guy that was casting would every now like every now and then look back at me. I ended up just driving in front of them so they couldn't get a shot on the fish. Stuff them. Wow. A special yeah. human, eh? Yeah, and it's like this, the annoying thing was there were so many schools in the area. Like, I don't know the water. I'm never going to tell anyone to piss off, like, like whatever. But it's just, like, respect and, you know, there's not a hell of a lot of that going around. A lot of, like, the locals give us heaps of room. They, like, those dudes leave us alone. It's just sometimes, you know, southerners that come up and whatever. Bloody it's all Mexicans. part of the game. <laughs> Mexicans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Worst, mate. Sunny coasters, brizos, gold coasters, or big boring. <laughs> Oh, uh, mate, fuck, if I'm going to be blatantly rude and honest, be, then I'm going to have to say Sonny Coasters, eh? Yeah, I have to. Sonny Coasters, <laughs> They're next level, man. It's like they don't respect anyone on the water, but not all of them. A lot of them are pretty good, too. Do you get jet ski there, mate? Oh, yeah. Fuck them, too. Yeah, right. Uh -huh. yeah. But, but it, I, had, <laughs> I had a dude follow me. From Watumba all the way up to the point once on a jet ski, eh? And then like tried to fish the same area. And like I was with another guide, and the other guide, because I was spitting about him on the radio, and the other guide on the other boat was just like talking on the radio, laughing at me. He's like, He's following you, bro. He's following you. And he literally followed me the whole way to the point. I'm like, Dude, what are you doing? He's like, Casting at schools at Tuna. And I was like, Oh, stop it. I'll go to the point and look for a longing on the flat. And then, yeah, he literally followed me. God wow. damn it, man. Which is, you That's know, like crazy. a 20 minute run. Yeah, like there's no, yeah, there's no coincidence there. <laughs> no, God, no. no. God, no. But that's no. just, you just take the good with the bad, man. Like, whatever. Like, there's always going to be someone out there that's going to try and make your job harder. But For cares? sure. Get over it. There's plenty of fish out there. All right, mate. Well, we've hit the point of the podcast now where I think it's fair enough to bring up. Tell us, tell us, tell us the beef on these black marlin, mate, this year. Um, they're pretty, well, they were good for a bit. Um, like really not really good for us anyway. We had a fair bit of luck with them, but we were spending a shitload of time up there. Um, and then they went quiet for probably a week when we had a big blow up and the water turned over. And now the water's a bit cleaner again. I think we'll probably start looking for them again. Um, they, yeah, they treated us pretty good. We had a lot of fun with them so far. All right, we'll paint the picture of that, mate. Tell us this um, this first wave that came in and just tell us um, – you know what what that what that was like. You know how many shots a day and uh, and the sizes and you know the situations you were finding them in. Um. So normally, what happens is a guide will hook one doing something completely random, uh, not chasing them early on in the season. And last like what, year, like casting it tuna or something like that. Well, last year for me, I was spinning for school mackerel and I saw a fin in the wave. And I was like, and it was cloudy, so it was a bit hard to tell what it was. And I was like, fuck, is that a marlin? And my client like laughed at me. 
And I was like, oh, whatever. I couldn't see it again. About a minute later, the client was like, holy fuck, there's a marlin. And I had a stick bait tied on to a casting at um, Longtails earlier that day. Mm. Cast it at it. And it followed it the whole way to the boat. I watched it change colour, like full light up, ate it, and then ran off with it, spat it. And that was pretty early on. Um, so that was just a coincidence. So that's normally the trigger for us just to start go looking like on our rec days or whatever. Um, and that was, yeah, like November last year sometime, early November. And then um, this year, Pete Fry, one of our guides, hooked one on a um, slug spinning for schoolies. <laughs> and and then we just started looking for him again. Um and it took a while, like, after we saw that one with the slug, it took a couple of weeks until we even seen one. And then um, a few of us boys, I had a couple of regulars. Uh, we had a big or a big group of regulars. Um, and we went up there looking. And I think that first day we got – Charles got a few. I think Charles got two or three. And then we got one. And I think another boat got one as well. And then from then on in, it was just, like, just real steady um, for probably oh, a couple of weeks. Nearly a couple of weeks, probably like nine days, eight nine days, wow. and then um and then yeah, it turned to shit. Like we had the mothership last week, last what was it, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you know three days looking and didn't even see one. So that was pretty, pretty depressing. But there was plenty of other fish going on anyway, so it was alright. Do you think the marlin bring out a the worst in people? Like you get a, a lot more people uh, traveling for them doing. Um doing uh shall we say mm-hmm. aggressive driving for them that sort of that um nice? not really everyone's pretty chill hey because i guess you're all in each other's line of sight um you know everyone's you know pretty cruisy everyone that's up there has done it before um you know there's boats that you recognize from the season before and everyone gives each other a wave and a lot of dudes on the radio and we'll all sort of chat as well um everyone's yeah normally pretty good um there's not really any dickheads up there at all if they see you hooked up people will literally just like piss bolt in the other direction and get away from you because they know that you know marlin will take i had a marlin spill me this year just for an example on a six thousand spin reel so um they take a lot of line so if anyone sees that you've sort of pulled up or they see a fish jump and everyone sort of moves out the way until they see that you've got it under control but everyone's yeah it's normally really good up there actually i haven't had any run-ins with anyone bad at, at all mm-hmm uh-huh. You haven't been up there at the old Senna, eh? <laughs> no, mate. No, 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 not yet. You not know, this year. After this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm waiting. Uh, I'm waiting for for a positive, you know, tap on the shoulder, like from one of these guides. You know, this could be on <laughs> Kelly there, or uh, maybe a Brooksy video, and then I'm fucking up. <laughs> Brooksy put one up today, bro. Did he? Shit. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fucking late oh. to that one, mate. Full sand. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, mate, Fraser's Coast got a lot of options, eh? I guess, um, you know, things like, um, you know, like the Mary being uh, one of the, the highest commercial catches, catch rates of Barramundi in Queensland. I believe that's the correct fact. Do you correct. two, can you guys concur that? Oh, it definitely. is right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of things like that that people don't um, people don't see. You know, as for example, I guess you know it'd be it'd be a miss of us to not talk about. You know, you're talking about the um, the bay, like Platypus Bay, like the end of the straits, or, or you know what where people launch from Harvey Bay, or they call Harvey Bay. I guess you could say, um, yep. being the big bay. Um, but you know, the straits is a is a bit of an untapped little sort of resource there, which you know you spend a lot of time in there. What do you think protects the secrets of the straits, mate? 
I mean, it's, probably, it's a pretty harsh place, right? Yeah, probably just how hard the fishery is. You could just go down there one day and, you know, kill it, you know, catch threadies and barra and grunner and whatever you want to catch. And then you can go back there two days later in that exact same spot and there'll be a dude netting it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it just, like it literally, man. And like, it's why you got to keep stuff quiet. Because I know for a fact these dudes are looking at people's like Instagrams and Facebooks and whatnot. And like, you, you want to be able to, you know, everyone wants to show off their catch, you know, or you want to be able to take people and do these things. And like, it's not viable because, mm. you know, you, you could have client, like if I was to take a client down there one day, we could literally donut, spend the whole day fishing hub, live baits, fucking, you know, lures, jigs, like fly, whatever. You could fish all day and sometimes not even see a fish. And then some days it's like, oh, sweet, this spot hasn't been netted in a couple of months and you just slay. But yeah, that's the main thing. It just, um, it gets pretty disheartening going down there and seeing them dudes. So that place has got a lot of potential to what you're saying there, you know, as far as it's not so much the um, geography of the place uh, so much. I mean, it's a, it's a maze. It's a, it'd probably take a lifetime to learn that fucking place for sure. But um, you're saying that um, the place could be a lot better without square hooks, yeah? Definitely. And I think the, like, netters aren't the only people to blame in the world, you know. You've got – there's a lot of, like um, – like illegal netting and stuff going on too. There's, you know, uh, like crabbers aren't doing anything wrong by doing this, but, you know, they're fucking zooming along like the edges of the mangroves at high tide doing 20 knots, checking the crab pots. And like any fish that's in that system is just going to fucking piss bolt and they're going to get used to boat noise. And when they hear a boat mm-hmm. call and they go, fuck, I have to bolt, I have to get out of here. So you have to, it's just so much harder work. Fish are just so in tune to what's going on because there's so many boats moving around. There's fucking jet skiers, there's fucking whale watching boats. There's all sorts of shit happening all the time. And it's because it is a beautiful area too. There's just lots of punters just, you know, taking their families for a drive in the boat. Um, there's stuff like that. There's just always someone somewhere. So mm. the fish sort of get tuned into boat noise and they just sort of you know, react, I guess. And they just learned that noise is danger. I've, yeah. I've seen I've seen the effect the the negative effects that um, uh, even just boat pressure can can have on uh, some flat species you know like oh, and stuff like that they just just makes them nervous as fuck you know yeah hundred percent bro yeah no, no one's really benefited from it but um, uh, you know I, I marvel at say say uh, waterway like Sydney Harbour for example like you couldn't imagine a busier harbour than that ferries and New South Welshmen going left right and centre. You know, and um, and the pelagics—they're not obviously not a, a flat species, but you know, the the pelagics in there are, you know, better than ever by all accounts. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that the more structure-oriented fish and like you know, like the flats fish, <clears throat> um, they're uh, you know they they have <clears throat> more negative negative interactions with boats, and and uh, it does affect their behaviour. That's for sure. hundred percent, man. Like some, mm. like sometimes you'll just rock up at a spot and like for me oh if i know i'm going to fish an area and i know that there's going to be fish there i'll turn my motor off well before i get anywhere near it and i'll just drift in with the tide or the wind or my electric or whatever and i'll sit there mm-hmm. and just don't fish for a bit just let you just sit there and just see what happens and like even look at your sounder or like look in the water to see what's going on sometimes like, even with barra nowadays i'll literally turn my sounder off and i'll mm-hmm. use the, use the anchor and just sit there and cast and cast and cast and cast and cast, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour. If I don't get a bite, I'll turn it all on and I'll scan it again. If the fish are fucked off, then I'll just go somewhere else. So it's yeah. you got it's, it's a lot more thought goes into it and like a lot of hours for not many fish. But, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm prepared to do hard work. I'm not too fast, but it is, yeah, hard work. You're, mm. you're a big fan of the grind. 
Yeah, I love the grind, mate. Makes it makes you better. You know, you, you know, if it's easy to you, if it's easy fishing, you're not really learning anything. No, that, that's true, mate. Hundred percent. Well, I mean, what people probably don't know about you, Kurt, is that you know you'll work what five, six days a week guiding, and then what do you do on your day off? Oh, I fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty amazing, really. Like, it's, um, yeah. you know, it's something you haven't brought up on the podcast. And I didn't actually have the intention of doing it, but that's that's pretty amazing. A lot of people will, you know, like whether they work in an office or, you know, like or work on job sites or whatever, they're not going to go and do what they do for their do, during the day uh, with their day job on their, on their time off as well. Uh, I mean, that's a real mark of someone who, you know, loves what they do. Do you, does, it, does it feel like work to you? Some days? No. Oh, mate, like any job. You know, Charles is listening too, mate. So just... <laughs> <laughs> no, he knows. We talk about it. Like, and some days, man, it is a grind. Don't get me wrong. But, like, mm. where else would you fucking rather be? Like, you're on a boat with, you know, you get to meet new people every day. And like, that was one big reason why I wanted to get this job is, like, like, I was a mad introvert. Like, I never really, like, was outgoing or anything. And it was, like, I wanted this I did this to challenge myself as well to get better with talking to people and stuff like that. And now mm-hmm. it's like, you know, one of the best parts about my job. Like I have to wake up early as fuck and meet a stranger at six in the morning and, you know, get to know them. I have to read that person within 10 minutes of leaving the ramp to see what sort of day they want to have. Cause you know, most people that we get are conventional. Um, we do get a lot of fly people a little bit less now that the borders are closed. Obviously a lot of people mm-hmm. were from down South, but you know, a lot more conventional and sometimes, you know, you might have a day planned out and the person that gets on your boat can't cast and your whole day was planned to cast. So then I've got to think of a new plan within, you know, 10 minutes. So it's just like a whole challenge for me. And that's, I guess, one of the big reasons I love it too. You're always God, thinking. That that, that um, on your feet adaptation must be doing wonders for your fishing, right? Your personal Oh, yeah. Fishing. Yeah, definitely, man. It's just like you're just going to take the like, roll with the punches, I guess, just sort of. Mm. Just go with the flow. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, got a question, Henry. Does the um <laughs> when you were, did, the, did the jump from personal fishing to you know the personal fishing style is you know largely selfish. You know, I wanna wanna catch this. I wanna do that. Um, to to actually you know being in a position where you're actually probably not even casting at all. You you're you're trying to do what you think the client is is trying to trying to get. You know, um, did that did that change in style take much adaptation from you, mate? Uh, not really. Like I've always been like the sort of person that like loves seeing other people catch fish. Like I get as much like as like you know everyone. A lot of people say it. Like I get easily as much enjoyment out of seeing someone catch a fish as I do catching my own fish. Um, right. So you know, like that passion. You just want to see them you know, succeed sort of thing. Um, you want to see them doing, you know, what they paid to come do. <laughs> you want yeah. them, like, a lot of people, you know, like it's, there's nothing more rewarding than like someone rocking up on a boat and being like, oh, I've never caught this sort of fish and say, right, well, let's go catch it. And then they catch it. They're just stoked. Like, you see how happy they are. Like that's that's awesome. If you can get that done for them, it's so good. Describe to me your, um, well, the attributes of, of the, the perfect client. Like what, what would they do? What would their attitude be? And what would their skill level do? Um, I don't know. It's hard because, you know, some of my best ever clients have been people that don't ever fish, like a, that have never fished. And then some yeah. people that can fish really, really good are like assholes. So 
it's I don't know the perfect client is just someone that listens, someone that's thankful, um, yep. and that's pretty much it. And someone that's talkative, like it's well, I don't, they don't need to be, but it's, it's a bit easier to sort of read a room when the other clients like talking and you can see yeah. the mood on their face. Some people just get on the boat and they don't talk all day, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. They probably don't go on a fishing trip to talk to the guide. They probably just say to fish. So that's fine. But yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I, per- I don't know. The perfect client's hard as long as like. Um, you know, they're easy to get along with and they listen. That's pretty much as good as it gets, really. Yeah. But school level can be anything. Yeah, right. Well, that's, that's interesting. I, I like I like hearing that. I always wonder how, you know, a guide does that day in, day out. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty selective about, you know, who I fish with as mates because for that reason, you know, um, I yeah. can be a bit, of a bit of a serial killer on the water, you know, in terms of <laughs> when, when we're flats fishing, man, it's all business, you know. Yeah. Um, and I need to remind myself to, to lighten up, and you know, because also from the point of view that just to keep the, the vibe in the boat happy, but, you know, just, um, you know, like flats fishing can be a real discipline if the fish are hard to see for whatever reason. You, you've got to keep your eyes moving. You've got to, you know, you've got to be concentrating the whole time, not thinking about, you know, the, the three Fs, as I call it, footy, food, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, um, you know, they're all Fluctuations. Fluctuation. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I thought you were going to say fingering. What? Calm <laughs> <laughs> oh down, God. man. Sorry, bro. So aggressive. <laughs> I've had a whiskey, man. I'm just a bit frisky, you know? Oh, oh mate. <laughs> wow. Wow, that yeah. was... That, man, yeah, yeah. Time down. I have to edit that out. That's, that's not going to get past <laughs> our standards. Standards committee. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's... Let's make Come that train again. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the, the point the point I'm trying to make, you know, is it's it's sort of I always love hearing from guides, you know, what their their ideal sort of the attributes of the you know their favourite type of clients because that uh, that positive energy when it's flowing and when you've got a good dynamic, or, you know, with your fishing buddy, whether it's a guide or you know a client or a mate or whatever, that's that's critical to to how much they enjoy the day. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, it's a it's something I always like like to hear hear um, someone else's perspective on. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I think some people might say, or someone that can cast fucking a hundred foot with a fly rod or whatever, but it's like you know they're experienced dudes, and it's handy to have on the boat. But when you got a dude that can only cast thirty foot and they catch like a tuna, it's fucking the excitement on their face is so much better than a dude that's done it all before. You know, so that's that's more yeah. fun for me. I reckon sounds, anyway. Sounds like you're, you're Fueled by positive vibes, brah. Oh, definitely, brother. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's full send, bro. That's uh, that's yeah. that's that, that's that's it is. It's um it's like I'm doing fully, shuckers. fully putting it somewhere else, you know? That's that's how good that is. Heck um, <laughs> man, one thing we haven't mentioned that we've seen a lot on your social media stuff lately is um is that uh is that dam over there, Lent Uh that's I believe that's how it's pronounced, right? Yeah, something like that. Lentils. Like, le- oh, yeah, lentils. <laughs> <laughs> like lentil soup. Um, yeah. Mate, it's, uh, tell us a little bit about that lake. Do you know much about the history of who dug it? Was it one man? <laughs> Two men. Yeah, it was just one bloke. One bloke and a bag a, of cement for the wall. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all I know. No, it's me, but <laughs> it's been there a while. That's Pretty rugged I mean. road getting in, I believe, right? Rugged is putting it extremely politely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like it's yeah, it's haggard. It's not very nice. It is a pothole. 
Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, yeah. You know, I've done a wheel bearing there. I've um, <laughs> I shook my car so hard that it busted. What did it bust? My uh, I think a brake line or something. No, my clutch fluid. Sorry. Um, it's like it's just fucked. And then after rain, it's even more fucked. It's just not good. <laughs> so yeah. there's, I mean, that's one heavy limitation. I mean, that's 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 the barbed wire fence around that place that keeps it sort of where it's at but in addition to that you've got uh you can't have a two-stroke on there can you or you can't you can have an e-tech i believe but you can't have uh a, oil injected oil injected uh, yes yeah, and it has to be under 50 60 60 60 yeah, it has to be 60 or there. under sorry yeah and yep. six knots only um yep. and the campsite only holds holds 30 people at most and you have to be vaccinated yeah oh god yeah <laughs> sorry man don't, don't go there we'll get attacked okay yeah just, sorry uh, oh, good. just leave leave I it forgot but, about them people um yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> it's, it's my yeah, goddamn well, right <laughs> um uh, anyway, anyway we, we could do a whole pot about that <laughs> yeah let's let's not let's let's, let's let them be crazy they can um, do their thing yeah yeah for sure but you've been getting a few bazes out there mate and um which is which is great to see and i know that um relatively recently like you know this is you know like you, i mean you smacked the stack of them out there on lures and stuff like that over the years i'm sure you fished that place for years but recently you've been leaving the spin gear at home and just fishing fly there like like a real man right <laughs> yeah man i think the last two seasons has been fly only um yeah i did probably three years just fishing at harbour spin yeah i'm um, just sort of getting to know the place and like before that i hadn't actually caught an empowerment fish so that was all new yep. to me trying to figure out all that sort of stuff you know back in the day like you'd go to the dam and be like the bar right here why can't i fucking catch them so it took a long time to sort of you know wrap your head around that but i just got to the point where i was just confident in going there and finding fish and then just replicating what i was doing with spin on fly and um, what advice i yeah. oh, sorry you're all right Oh, I've just been having a ball since, yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? What advice would you give to someone who is finding it hard to catch barramundi on fly? Like, let's say someone who, like, <laughs> might walk past their front door and to the left of the opening might be a fly rod and to the right might be a spin rod and, you know, they might look at, might look left and get all positive but then look right and just go, you know what, I really couldn't be bothered doing it tough today because I'm... <laughs> You know, I don't feel like being a whole a whole man, you know, like it's a, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. But um, um, what advice would you give those people that keep persisting and persisting and persisting um, that, are, that are yet and very close to reaching their goals? Fucking sell all that spin gear. Just, you don't fucking need it. Just like, just endure <laughs> the donuts. Yeah. Just get, who cares about donuts, man? Like, fuck, they, they really don't matter at the end of the day. Just go there and just keep fucking doing it. I think the first, I think it took me three trips to get one out there. And then after that one trip, man, I lost like, I think it was 12 in a row just from being Gumby, not doing things right. Like just, yeah, but it's all a learning curve and you can't get good at it without doing it, if you know what I mean, if that makes sense. If you're finding them and, and losing them, that's, uh, I mean, that that's a, that's, that's a, um, that's a good starting point to work. I mean, you can control yourself if you've already found the fish and can can see them well then it's up to you to be able to work out the cast the the hook set and the cadence of the retrieve and where to put it and stuff like that so that's um yeah so your Definitely. advice to people is just um you know don't be a sook just leave the spin gear at home 
Yeah. Just man up, you know. Like, yeah. Who gives a shit about a donut? <laughs> like, yeah, you're not yeah. going to figure fish out on fly, not casting a fly at them. Like, that's why I, when I started sort of doing this, I just said, fuck it, get rid of all my other gear. I don't want to be distracted. Because so I went a couple of trips. I went with a spin rod and a fly rod. And generally what happens is you end up to turn to the spin rod. And that's just stupid. So just fucking mm. take, this, take the fly, mate. Should be right. Okay. Should be right. Um. What's the uh, is you, have you caught your PB Barry out of there? Uh, I didn't catch my PB out of there. My PB there is 90, but I caught my PB out of Faust. Oh, Faust, okay. Is, that yeah, a, is there a good story attached to that PB Barry, mate? Oh, there could be. Do you want to hear it, mate? Why not? Why we'll be not? chewing the so. ear off for an hour and 17 minutes now. <laughs> Fuck, that Let's went quick. A good story. Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I went yes. up to Mackay with a real good mate of mine who lives there, Jack Richards, and we fished two days on the flats. Um, chasing like tuskies around and that, yeah, no cigar there, but saw heaps, had shots, didn't get it done. So then we're like, fuck it, let's go to the dam. Um, him and I had ne- like never fished there, obviously seen all the stuff on YouTube and, and the socials and whatnot of the, the sort of fishery it was. So we thought, well, let's just go there and try it. Um, obviously both never been there. Like our main objective, we said, if we see one fish, we'll be happy. Like we don't care if we don't, we just, if we know we've been in the right area at, at one stage, we'll be stoked. Um, we got there at like 10 o'clock, uh, got to the spot at like 10 o'clock on the first day and literally within the first 10 minutes, man, we see this, like the biggest barrel I've ever seen, just swimming on the surface. Um, my mate cast at it, it sort of just swims away, whatever. Um, we ended up just going shot for shot. Eventually, my mate got one um, and we cracked a beer to celebrate because that was his first impoundment barrel on fly. And then, um, yeah, we're sitting there having a beer and this scud, shitty fucking wind, rain, Everything sucked for a bit there, come over, and we're like, fuck it, what do we do? Do we scope spots to fish tomorrow, or do we just go hide out of the wind and hope we find one? And we opted for that. Um, we got over to the other side of the dam where it was a bit nicer, and um, we're cruising around, and I think it was my shot because he just caught that fish. And anyway, we're cruising, and my mate's like, oh, fuck, I need to do a shit, bro. And I was like, oh, all good, whatever, I'll jump on the lucky. So he's just hanging off the back doing a shit, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he dealt with that, and then we're cruising along. About 10 minutes later, I'm like, fuck, I need to do a shit, bro. So I'm sort of hanging off the back, doing a shit, and Jack's like, dude, there's a fish. And I was like, nah, I'm like not even halfway done, bro. That's yours. Um, let him have a shot, and then it sort of just swam off. So I finished my shit, jumped up on the um, casting deck, and within about two minutes, this massive fish is just like, beelining in front of us it nearly hit the electric it was just it was cruising so quick i don't know it was just on a mission this thing and i had the my fly like next to me in the water so i tried to roll cast and just didn't fucking do it i just picked it up and shot it out like six foot in front of it and it literally didn't even break stride to swam over and ate it off the top and then um yeah landed it in a couple of minutes it was a bit hairy there like we had fucking because i didn't put the fish in the reel like there's just not enough time to do that we had line wrapping around the seats and fucking nets and all sorts of shit and that was pretty hairy for a minute there but then yeah we got it in the net when it got in the net the hook fell out and then um yeah a couple of fucking yahoos and a couple of beers later and yeah photos <laughs> put him back in the water it went 104 which was my first ever metery too that was fucking that's stoked that was great, fucking that's so a, sick it's a great story mate it's yeah. really good. Got a bit of poos in the boat. It's a oh, shit yeah. story. It's a yeah. shit story. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, mm. no, it was pretty awesome. The place is special. Hey, like we spent what we spent 
a day and a half fishing it and seen like over 30 fish. It was fucking insane. I can't wait to get back up there. Jesus but you said there was man. like heaps of dead fish up there, Voltsy. Yeah, at the house the other week. Yeah. Yeah. It's it insane. Heaps. We counted 25 in a couple of hours. Wow. Um, and yeah, that was just on where, where we were was like in the in the lee like it was on the the calm side yep um i don't know what was on the other side but yeah it was it was in the main basin so depending on how the wind had been blowing prior to that you know and, and the vagaries of the currents it you know who, who knows where how many you know were were in the dam as a whole that was just the floaters so. yeah it's it's funny hey like that you know you always see people talking about um barra floating around there dead hey like when i rocked up that first ever day there was probably a metre ten fish at the ramp just sitting there floating. So I heard I read something on Facebook about them like checking the age of some of those dead fish and they reckon it was like really old and maybe they just have sort of slowish grow rates there and they just reach their like the end of their life through like age. Oh that's cool. what I said. I said it could be could be old age, you know? Could be has to get could, there somehow. Could be a monotonous diet too, you know, like they're probably eating bony brim and and what do you call them? Um Mouth Almighty. Uh, Bard yeah, runner. yeah, yeah, yeah. Runner and stuff. It, it could just be like, you know, after a while, uh, there's either a deficiency or a, an overabundance of, of one particular thing, not getting the balanced diet that uh, wild fish should get. And, yeah. You know, they just to get maybe a heart disease or something. Who knows? I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. And the hatchery fish at the end of the day, too, they sort of have problems with them. Like, Kelly, you know. I, I, um, I spoke to someone <laughs> who, was at, um, who was at the dam just after you and Jack were there. Yeah, um, I can't remember his name right now, but he said he saw a few floaters there too. <laughs> as long as he, he didn't he run into them, no, oh. <laughs> I would have snapped his boat in half. I didn't. I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, that's the floaters <laughs> you were talking about. Yeah, they did stink. Good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> left the mark on the gun. All those ones, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, but hey, uh, yeah. we could, I believe. Um, I believe. Bolsey, <laughs> today you have an important question. Oh yeah, yeah. Look, because um, we because we're coming close to time here, Kurt. So it's um, so we, we've got to get to the we've got to get to the hard hitting questions, mate. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm excited for this. I've been flicking through your photos, mate, and I can see, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of the the Harvey Bay centric species, and you know there's a few from up the coast, and obviously the Sooties. And I know I'm just looking at you. You went to New Zealand at one point. It looks like you went somewhere like that. Is that right? Oh, Tassie. Tassie, same thing, yep. really. Yeah. South Gympie. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah, yeah just South Gympie. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah, South Gympie, so, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, pretty much South Gympie, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, brown trout, rainbow trout, uh, coral trout, root one, marry one, shoot one, go. Oh, oh that's a good one. I'd probably yeah, shoot shoot the one. rainbow. Yeah. Probably, mm-hmm. fuck, marry the coral, and then I guess fuck the brown. <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. That didn't take that long. Oh, yeah. Could I kill two of them and fucking root one of them? <laughs> and, and not marry any of them? Yeah, fuck and root. Yeah, that's fucking. Yeah, it's no, not, don't worry not, about that. <laughs> yeah, it's not really it's the different. same game when you no. got those options, eh? But yeah, anyway. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I always like to see where people sit on that issue. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ask many people that question? You're no. the first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. C- congratulations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, well, I got another hypothetical question. As a, uh-huh. as a Harvey Bay guide, yep. Um, you go north or south? Which way do you go? Fucking not south. Do people go south? Nah. Yeah, not, it probably means on a holiday. 
Oh, definitely, definitely north. Yeah, that's what you knew I meant, right? Yeah. 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 If you had a choice to go fishing recreationally, do you drive out of Maryborough and go north or south? North. Uh, yeah, there's not a hell of a lot that interests me south. Nothing, like, no offence to anyone that's down there or anything. Like, I don't mean to shit on anyone's fishery at all. It's just everything hey, I hey, love up north. If someone says to you, you don't know what you're talking about, say, hey, bro, do you see marlin on the flats? <laughs> Done. Drop the mic. <laughs> yeah, talk to me about brown trout again. We're pretty okay? fucking lucky, eh? Yeah. Live in a pretty spectacular place. Yeah, you certainly do, mate. That's for sure. You work in a pretty spectacular place. Yeah, mate, it's globally unique. You know, people are talking about, you know, GTs eating birds. Fuck that. We got marlin living in, you know, really shallow water. That's cool. Yeah, man. Cool Actually, yeah. Uh, the other it's funny. The other week, I um didn't even say the story before. Probably should have. But other week, I um I pulled up and I was just sort of getting my gear ready. Got the Got the daisy chain out. I think I just put one rod out, or I was getting one rod ready, and because I'm like looking behind me, I just turn like because I'm turned around. I just see this like splash in the corner of my eye. I'm like, oh yeah, no, it's like I was behind sort of like a yacht that was parked up in like maybe three meters of water, mm. and I was like, come oh, on, just go investigate that real quick in case it was just something eating. And then I'm cruising over there, and then I see a mile and free jump, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I cruise over, get to the, toward the yacht, and I'm sitting in about two and a half meters of water. Go around the yacht, and I'm just caught on my eye to see a tail. And I look over, and there's like four marlin swimming in like two meters of water. I was like, oh, "That's pretty fucking insane." Gin and, clear, um, two meters of water, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can see the bottom in twelve meters on that day, wow. so it was pretty clean, clean. <laughs> and um, yeah. super, super clean. And yeah, literally just sort of went around them, and then yeah, had a double hook up. But only, um, I think we only landed. Oh no, we didn't land either of those ones. They both fell off. Bit of chaos, but it's like just to see that. That was in the first five minutes of the day, man. And when you see them fish up there like that for the first time ever, you just think, well, what the fuck? And then. Mm. You sort of not don't get numb to it, but when you've seen it a few times, it's just like, oh yeah, that happens. Wow, <laughs> it's fucking insane. It's so, it's honestly so cool. It's one thing that I don't think anyone in the world could ever get sick of. But you know, when yeah, sorry, yeah. you go. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I, I thought it was really amazing. Like I listened to um, <clears throat> our friends, the Mills, the other day, and I listened to a, a, a show they did with uh, with Rob Fordyce. You know, it was um, yeah, yeah, incredibly, uh, incredibly experienced. Um, tournament angler and, and angler himself and stuff like that and they asked him what do you want to do now like he said he was i think he said he was 51 you know he was um you know, he'd been been living in the keys for, for for all his life i believe i think he said i, I could get that wrong they experienced some incredible tarpon fishing and 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 all all everything that, that florida has to offer and they asked him where he wanted to go and he said i want to i'd love to go over to australia where they get the marlin in in, in a couple of a couple of feet of water and, yeah um, man and, and then nicky said Oh, you mean Xmouth? Good one, Nikki. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Get it together, mate. <laughs> How funny is that? I was um, Charles and I were both listening to that episode because I think I had a day canned to weather, and I just went over and like did maintenance on the boat, and I had it planned. And um, I was like, "Did you hear that?" And he ended up messaging them, and they were like, "Fuck, I'm so sorry." But um, yeah, no hard feelings, obviously. But uh, how cool is that, man? You know, like fucking that dude's seen it all, done it all, and he wants to come over and fish that. Like that's that's pretty cool in my books, anyway. Yeah, yep. Mate, mm. imagine that. Imagine the pressure of guiding Rob Fordyce. Oh, oh. <laughs> I would love that though. I love that shit. That would be so <laughs> sick. That would be sick. <laughs> yeah, yep. man, the sea hunter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, so, well, Curtis. Yeah, mate. Then no, no, go. I was, I was just going on with a stupid segue about 
you know, people who are, I'll tell you anyway. Do you know Tanaki <laughs> yet in uh, Christmas? Or did you know Tanaki before he passed, Chris, in Christmas uh, Island? Me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I've spent many days with Tanaki, yeah. I've even yeah, interviewed le- him. I've got it on camera. That's right, yeah. So so a legendary guy, uh, Christmas Island guide, bonefish guide, um, <clears throat> Kurt, he, uh, uh, you know, he's literally, he's seen it all. He's had anglers from all over the world. Um, you know, you have an incredibly awesome fishery over there for bonefish, GTs, you know, billfish, tuna, um, you know, obviously bonefish. And you know the pick of them all triggers, and um, and <laughs> marine waste. <laughs> anyway, we're talking to him. I said, "What, what would you most like to go and chase?" You know, and he was, "Ah, oh, you have a, a fish in Australia called the flathead. I would like to chase that." <laughs> Fucking flathead, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What a guy. Yeah, I don't blame him. That tastes good. Like- yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Tastes good, and, and yeah, just uh, I guess from their point of view, it's, it's pretty unique, you know. Like, how do you? What have you got to, you know, to compare it with over there? Not much, eh? Hey? So, no. Nah. You know, it's it's funny, and if you ask me, what I want to do, I'd like to go back to Florida and chase, you know, um, tarpon over there. You know, this that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be but, insane. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, he's um he's got the. Uh, it's always funny listening to what somebody on the other side of the world wants to do, and you know, the grass is always greener, right? Yeah, flathead yeah. though. What a guy! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Good on him. He was yeah. for sure. And, um, yeah, you missed. But anyway, look, um, Kurt, we have been talking to you in your audible orifice there for approximately one hour and thirty minutes now. Uh, um. Is there anything we have left out of the show that you would like to include in your very special moment of your life? Yep. I want you to rate my rod over the shoulder on my Insta. I already did, mate. When? Oh, is it, what is it, a picture you put up today or something? No, no, no. My, my bludger. Uh, okay, let me have a look now. Have back, it, I'll do, I'll do it live you. for you right now. Yeah, please do. I want to hear what you've got to say. It, Early days. <laughs> You check your notifications while we're talking, by the way, Kurt. No, I don't. Sorry, man. <laughs> All right. Just yeah. have a look. Oh, I've oh. got a store. Oh, yeah, on your bludger. Oh, mate, you know what? I, I think I think personally that you would have put that there and then been able to pick up the fish. I think that that rod possibly stayed there whilst you put the fish down and you actually got the chance to lift it off your shoulder and put it in a safe place to then release the fish. So that's pretty good. Because yep. a lot of these right over the shoulder shots I see as a as a as a world renowned critic of the um of the right over the shoulder Instagram shot, um, you know, they look like they're only they're they're like they're they're pushed there, uh, or held there by some sort of apparition, some sort of um paranormal entity. And um and I have no idea how they stay there. The balancing act is incredible. Like maybe they've made some sort of plastic rack that they could attach to the back of their hat to keep it there. But it looks like you've done a completely organic <laughs> right over the shoulder post there, uh, mate. So, you know, you, you've framed that bludger quite well in relation to the rod. I can see it. In, it's, uh, it's contrasting the, uh, the horizon there. <laughs> I'm going to give that a very high score, mate. I want you to know that this is probably the highest I've given a right over the shoulder shot in any of the recent shows. Oof, Three and a half. Oof. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yep. Out of ten. Thank you. Out of ten. Yep. Wow. We should, Kurt. Should we, we be bringing did. these no, things that's back? Good. I'm happy with that. Should 
Should we be bringing back the the rate the rod oh, over yeah. the shoulders and and a wide world of sports or not? Mate, you should bring back Voltsy's wide world of sports. Everyone misses it. Really? <laughs> Touches whatever you called it. It was if fucking it, sick. If it encourages people to let us know without using the power of words or speech, how in fact they managed to capture this wild beast and they can display in the photo that this rod over the shoulder there is no question how they caught the fish then and if that means that we have to bring back <laughs> Balti's wide world sports to you know perpetuate this um this 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 trend you know to keep moving on and 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 span generations i think it's our duty volts to do that mm. yeah, i reckon yeah all right well we can do this. Maybe, maybe you have a – yeah, we don't do it every week. Maybe every second week or something. I don't know. It's, it's a lot of work doing a wild world of sports. It is a lot of work. We, maybe it's we could have a competition. Just do it every now and then. Maybe we could do a, a, a monthly competition for it or something like that. People could make it easy for us and tag tag their mates or tag the post or something, hmm. you know. Just tag some randoms. Keep them honest, you know. <laughs> yeah. Loving it. I'd love to hear Dan Man's mortician intro from the from the band to the beach. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was really he good was. at it. He was. He was. Kurt, yeah. do you want to do us? Do you want to make us a um a, a Volte's Wild Water Sports intro one day? Oh, one day, yeah. One yeah. day I can probably do it. Yep, yep. All that Mad Dog Lap Rockets once the one he did that time. Yeah. Volte. Yeah. yeah. You live vicariously. <laughs> oh man! What a oh, man. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Lapo, wherever you are. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not give that dude any air. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, mate. Thanks very much for your time, mate. No, oh, thank you. No worries, dude. We've, I've I've enjoyed your journey following it. Now that I uh, I know a little bit more about you, your origins and what you're into and that um and what you think about when you're fishing it's it's gonna i'm gonna look at all your photos now with a lot more context so, yeah um, it'll help definitely yeah. i think i think for me one of the greatest things about about the podcast has been meeting people like yourself and sort of making these connections um because really it's a, it's a cool <laughs> thing about about fly fishing and certainly broaden my horizon so thanks very much for being part of that process mate that's all right man really enjoyed it, it went really quick actually to be honest Kurt, I got a I got a, a final question for you. Yep. Do you ever find that people lay on lay it on really thick that that because they know you're a guy that they use a friend? <laughs> 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 Only on podcasts. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, mate, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, you know like uh, uh, forfeit the verbosity, mate, and say catch you later, eh? Catch you later, brother. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on, Kurt. I really appreciate it, dude. And um, you've been a great guest. And I'm sure Volti could agree. I don't know if he has. Have you ever? Have you? Yeah, you have. I've, I've agreed, yeah. It's been great having all three, <laughs> three of them on. It's been good. Yeah. yeah. It's been <laughs> fun, fellas. <laughs> Thanks, Edward mate. Kelly and Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. Chat all right, see you, dude. All right, see you always be top of the food chain. In your pressure One who goes is that for you Yeah No good love we've seen Families get right now One who goes is that for you
No, it's not recording now, but it will be recording in one moment, I'm sure. Good. And countdown, five, four, three, two, you're on. Go, Volts. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you, Kurt, too. That was fantastic. Thank you, Kurt. It was yeah. fantastic. I've been watching this guy on, on Instagram. Obviously, we've had a bit to do with him. You have more than I have. And, um, and I love him. Uh, you know, it's been good to... I said that loud. <laughs> it's been good to catch up with him and um, find out a little bit more about the story. Um, you know, and it sort of helps that you and I have both fished up at Harvey Base. We've got a, a fair idea of the places he's talking about, the species he's chasing. But, you know, I, I feel like tonight was, was, you know, more about him than you know, those sort of opportunities. So it's a good story. And, you know, at, at, at mid-20s, he's going to be around for a long fucking time if he wants. Yeah, dude, he'll be he'll be around a long time. I mean, obviously because of his age, but because of his uh, attitude and his skills. You know, he's, yeah, um, yeah he's, uh, he's a, he's a skillful, skillful fisherman beyond his years, that's for sure. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's, um, you know, as a young guide, as a as a new guide, he's got great tutelage under um, under Chozer and the, and the rest of the merry men there, um, and you know he's got a fishy fishy brain, you know, so which is all requirements to, of of um, of being a of a, a good path to being a good guide, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just my observation from standing on the outside looking in. I'm not a big consumer of guides as such, but I do follow their success. And yes. um and yeah, Kurt is um has definitely got that formula. I mean, you saw the way he put that rod over his shoulder, right? You're looking at that same picture of that bludger. Yeah, that was effortless. It was Smooth. a natural. Yeah. Smooth. No paranormal activity going on there. None. No. No. None at all. Quite passive, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I did. I did enjoy through the show your inability to lock in on who we're actually talking to and um, and mm. and and rifle through the this, the choices that you had in your mind between Kelly Rollins, Henry Rollins, Kurt Rollins, and that was it, right? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I was, I was wondering how else we could how else we could uh, you know twist it, but I couldn't I couldn't think of any other famous Rollins. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it, it's funny how people perceive what's going on. I, I just thought that you were just, um, you know, it was just like a, like just a, just a, like a, you were probably putting more energy into thoughts of elsewhere rather than locking in on the guest's name and just, yeah, was, you know, just saying what first came to your mind. I think the term is Freudian nip slip. Freudian yeah. nip slip. Yeah, yeah. it's one of those yeah. things. That was yeah. our first term by the Glass Cutters Association on the set of Friends, right? <laughs> Jeez, we talk some rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> we do talk some rubbish, but to put it in context, it's uh, you know in some parts of the country it's ten to twelve, not our part, but it is yeah. some places. You know, it's even later in New Zealand. So I mean, if we were if we mm-hmm. were talking about, you know, I don't know, my God, I got nothing. I don't really want to make any any crass references towards our trans-Tasman brethren, you know? Um, mm. So I'm just going to say if we were we were walking through the paddock in the middle of the night not worried about snakes, it'd be late. Yeah, that late. Be good. That works, right? Yeah. 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 Hey, um, during during the podcast, I had a couple of messages, actually. I think you might have got one, too. Um, from who? Uh, well, I got one 
from uh, from Dan Mam. Um, there's uh, he's he's asked for uh, for a bit of a shout out um, to his to a mate of his dad's. He, these guys have an annual trip together, and um, uh, dad's mate, who I'm going to re- read this out, just make sure I got it right. But he um, they've had an ongoing trip for about thirty odd years, and he can't make it because he's off having an operation, and. Um, he just wanted to shout out his mate. I think he might be a distant relative, but I'll just um, just dig this up. Where is he, Dan? Um, yeah, so the guy's name, and it is... Can you do, me, do a shout out to John? Um, so his dad's mate's John. Uh, his nickname is Uncle Nutdragger. Um, remembering this is the family that brought us Fisher Crunt and uh, he normally goes on an annual high country trip but has to have um, something removed and can't make it this year so uh, yeah and he goes on to ask for advice about packing VB um, wrong person to ask man but yeah that's uh, John take it easy man hope you get well soon get back on your feet and get out on the water ready for next year with um, Dan's dad who is father of at least two legends and that uh, that black sheep of a child too. So, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Nick Cave. Nick Cave. Yeah. Yep. That's the other one. The one who doesn't yeah. fish. He could probably yeah. outfish a lot of them, right? Probably. Probably, yeah. We get yep. told. Well, that's, yes. uh, that's a shame. Can't make it to that annual trip, mate. Uh, you know, mm. you, you yourself just coming back from an annual trip, mate. Um you know, I'm sure you could agree that that would be uh, yeah, gutting to not to not be able to make. So, shout out to Uncle Nutdragger. Yeah, yep. Shout out for Uncle. And um, the other one we've got is uh, coincidentally we mentioned um, uh, Josh Radloff in the uh, in the intro regarding Movember. We've got a, another notable supporter of ours who's also doing the um, the Movember thing. Is that right, Chris? Have I read that message correctly? That is correct, mate. We have our friend um, Shane Wacker, who also has a place that you can go and donate because he's got something stupid on his face. Um, mm. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna find that in a second. Just go look up his text. Okay, yeah. So Shane Wacker's most space. Um, uh, oh, I don't know how this link works. Maybe um, I just sent a link. It says au.movember.com, but. Um, Maybe I'll, I'll open it up and I'll see if there's a way that I can show. Like, and, and you know what? Maybe um, what's his face can uh, can do that too. Old um, old passive aggressive, old passive head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What we should do, mate? We should share these share these pages uh, on our socials. Um, well, we should ask first, but I guess it's it's fair enough to mention here right now. And by the time this comes out, we probably would have asked. What do you think? Yeah. So if you're seeing the link now by the time you see this, it means we've asked and we have permission. Um, but yeah, so Shane's page, you, you could probably go to um, au.movember.com and look up Shane Wacker and then um, go and donate there. How do we spell that, mate? Uh, S-H-A-N-E. Okay, got it. Shane. Yep, you'll be the only Shane there for sure. For sure, mate. If you, if yeah. you can't find me, try Shano. Shano, yep. Dano. Yep. Um, and if you can't find that, maybe try his surname, which is W-A-K-K-E-R. There you go. Yep. Yep. 
and uh, and do that and support these two gentlemen that are uh, that are putting their their lips out there um, and sacrificing aesthetics for the month of November in the in the name of men's health. Doing it for all of us. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. Mm. Thank you, itchy lips. Itchy lips. Yeah. I bet you they can't wait till December where they can shave that gerbil-looking thing off. I bet you. I'll bet you that Josh is not looking forward to that. Could you imagine roaming through those school halls, getting picked on by as as young as year eights? <laughs> you know, yeah, that'd that be one rough. month of the year where you can turn around and you, oh, you pick that up, and they yeah. do it. <laughs> the the power of the stash it, it brings so much authorita to someone yeah. like yeah passive interesting passive fact yeah. most of uh, most of josh's pay rises he's got at the school have happened in the month of november <laughs> a very interesting factor isn't it yeah isn't it yeah yep. mm. and um and uh i believe that most of his kids were born in july as well why would that be mate i don't know you do the math kids take nine months to cook uh-huh well, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, November means a lot more to some people than others. Mm. It can mean it can mean uh, a whole new face. It can mean a whole new level of um, of aggression or passivity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Josh, more power to you, Shane. You are also a legend for putting putting this out there. It's an important month. We'll probably mention it a few more times on the yeah. podcast. We should have mentioned it last one at the start of November, but it was just such an exciting episode to get you back finally, Volts. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. 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 And There's thank you to everyone of... who downloaded that, by the way. It's going well, so download us well, some more. There's, there's some really good stuff hidden at the end if you didn't listen all the way. Was there? Um, Can't yeah. Give us a clue. Really good stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to check something because I might be able to make an important announcement. It'll either be now or it'll be next week, I reckon. Ooh, just, yeah. give us, just a second. It's going to check it out. Can you, um, can you maybe make some background music or some sort of white noise while I'm doing this, please? White noise, white noise. Yep. You know? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, Aussie. White, white noise, white noise, you know? <laughs> You know, back in the um, in the medieval days, when when they had yeah, well. open air theatre, they yep. um, they used to get people to to make background noise for um, you know during plays and, and concerts, and they get these people to sit down and just say rhubarb, 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 and uh, yeah, it's a true story, man. They just get That's people right. sitting there going rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. Mate, riveting stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think that we could make this announcement today of the day of the podcast because by the time this show goes to air we're going to be up to 150,000 downloads wow who would have thought it's that I mean, many suckers out there it's, it's incredible the podcast equivalent of the rod over the shoulder that's for sure mm-hmm. um we can we can brag about this we can let you know how we've done it uh well not really i suppose you you've heard how we've done it but <laughs> It's a pretty cool achievement. 150,000 downloads. Wow. Wow. Mm. I wonder how many times in those 150,000 downloads 
my voice is heard being sane. You know what I mean? Or is that fair enough to say? Or <laughs> that's we've sure. been chewing your ear off for X amount. <laughs> Wrapped up more puppies than Santa Claus. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's pretty cool. You know what? We, we haven't shouted out the people who do know Movember all year round. Now, um, um, <laughs> they aren't raising money. They're just being lazy hair lips, you know? Like, they just got it happening the whole year, mate. Not shaving. Yeah, there's no Going. point bringing Millsy up, is there? Well, it's an outstandingly sleazy uh, effort the whole year, you know? He must have just incredible machismo, and he, he just grows that thing to, you know, keep women away from him. Mate, you know, you know where he'd blend in the most? At an Argentinian racetrack. <laughs> he does look like a Chilean jockey, right? <laughs> you can see it. Stop it. <laughs> I know you can see it, mate. <laughs> Poor Millie. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Mate, these are choices he makes. It's not us making these choices. There's no one holding a um, you know, a gun to his head saying, get in the car. You're not going to make it through Belanglo by yourself or anything like that. <laughs> Here, hold the rope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Have you broken down? Yeah. Um, right, well, look, man. this hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. How silly are these outros? We haven't done an outro for a while. It feels like we've been having done one for a while. I think this is the the fourth show in sequence that we've done one. That doesn't make sense. We haven't done one. We've done three shows prior without an outro, and this is our first outro in mm. those lot of this being a oh god damn it. You know what I mean? I don't want to talk about the outros like it's a flyline episode, but you know what I mean, right? I know what you mean. Let's wrap. Wrap the puppy up, dude, and move Glad on. Glad you said that. Right. See you next yeah, baby. Yeah. Everybody always picking on me. Everybody always picking on me. Who's the one on the wall? Who's the one to put in the hole? Who's the one to put in the ball? Yeah, you. Who, me? Yeah, you. You walk in the classroom, cool and low. Who's the evil? You can tell me, oh, Tony Brown. Tony Brown. Who is the clown? It's Tony Brown. Who is gonna get drunk? Did you want to say? Everybody always picking on me. Charlie Brown, who is the clown? That's Charlie Brown, who is gonna get
Get drunk, get you on your face Everybody always picking on me